0: Welcome back to Root Awakening Health Podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am a self-development coach. I own a self-development company called Root Awakening. We are on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. We are on YouTube. We have this podcast. We have a lot of stuff happening in the Root Awakening world. And here we are. Today's guest is Frank Bone. What an amazing name, you guys, and it suits him so well because Frank Bone eats a lot of raw meat and he kills his own raw meat. And he also is in the farming community, the regenerative farming community, and he likes to describe himself as eating his way through the animal kingdom. What? That's amazing. He is on Instagram, at instafrank95. I had to double-check that. Yes, indeed. It is instafrank95 on Instagram. He has all of these crazy, amazing videos of him eating raw meat, experimenting with raw meat. Here's the thing, you guys. Those of you who would never eat raw meat and don't like meat and etc., Do not fear, because we talk about so many different topics on this episode that I think relate to natural health in general that don't involve meat. Actually, I took the topic off topic several times and talked to Frank about a lot of different stuff that doesn't involve raw meat. Of course, we talk about the weirdest things that Frank has ever eaten. Of course, we talk about the farming industry. Of course, we talk about how Frank got to the point where he wants to eat raw meat and enjoys eating raw meat. But we also talk about some really weird topics like sexual drive and what to do with high sexual drive. Yes, you guessed it. I'm experiencing that. Many of you know in my audience, those of you in my audience may know that I'm experiencing that and I don't really know what to do about that. It's kind of like the biggest problem in my life right now. So we talk about that and I ask him about his thoughts on this topic because here's the thing, when people start eating raw meat, their sex drive goes up like crazy. It's a thing that is happening that I don't see a lot of people talking about in public, but I know the raw meat community and just the meat eating community Experiences this. So I talked to Frank a lot about that and he gives us his thoughts on that. We also talk about dating when you have an alternative lifestyle. So this could involve anyone who has an alternative lifestyle or even a healthy lifestyle. Sometimes dating is difficult. So we talk about that. We talk about anorexia and orthorexia. We talk about MMA fighting. We talk about the issues with porn nowadays and what porn can do to the brain and all of these weird topics but I think fascinating topics and Frank was such a good sport in this episode so you guys this is a good one and this is an interesting one this is an extra weird one enjoy so you guys here's the thing let's just cut right to the effing point I am a self-development coach. Root Awakening is a self-development company. Here is how you can get in touch with my content and learn more about what I do and get support from my content. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. You can get on my email list via my link in bio on Instagram. And I send out like two to three emails a week but it's not just selling all my shit right it's literally it's tips that I don't share with the rest of the world just for you guys and it gives us this this tribe space for me to share extra support with you and this is support that I learn on my day-to-day so it's like real-time advice once I learn to heal something I kind of share it with you guys you can also work with me one-on-one I do coaching like life coaching um, if you want to start your own business, if you want to bring in something into your life that could be joy, that could be happiness, that could be a material item, I help you do that. I help you get what you want in life. So you can email me. My email is in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram about my one-to-one coaching. And then I have two different group coaching courses. I have Manifestation Exploration, which is a online course about how to manifest, but it's also a group coaching course. So I coach the course and get to meet like-minded people who are into manifestation and all that and we just launched type b business school do you know about the type a type b personality types The Type A personality type is very organized, very structured. They fit really well into typical society. We need people like this. This is amazing. We need the organized people. We need the consistent people. We need the mathematically brained thinkers. We need the people that are like very typical to like what we get taught in public schools. We need those people. I'm not one of those people. I'm a type B person. I'm flowy. I'm all over the place. I'm not organized. I'm not driven. I'm not a go-getter. I'm not a go-getter. Some of you may think that I am, but I've never Seen myself like that. I've never seen myself as outgoing. And yet I have created a business. How have I created this business? I have a system and I teach you that in the Type B Business School. There is a bonus in the Type B Business School, which is an online course, by the way. There is a bonus in the Type B Business School. That is called the Confidence Workshop. So you get the Confidence Workshop. You get the Type B Business School online course to show you how to build your business from the ground up. I'm talking tech. I'm talking starting your social media page. I'm talking content creation. I give you literally everything you need. Payment platforms to start your alternative business service or product-based online business. You get it all plus a group coaching program. So I coach the group. You can meet other people that are like minded to you. And it's on pre-sale right now. There is a pre sale price that you can grab. It's the cheapest price this business school will ever be. And you can find the pre-sale price and you can learn more about the course in my link in bio. All right, let's get moving with this episode. Hi everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening a health podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. I've been waiting for this episode for a long time and I'm so excited that we get to do it. Frank Bone is with me on this episode of Root Awakening a Health Podcast. Frank, man, I found Frank through the raw meat sector of Instagram and we're going to talk I think a little bit more about how we met and how we connected but I originally found the raw meat diet through Wes Rowe, who is also on this podcast. And I think that's how I found Frank. And he describes himself as eating through the animal kingdom. So here's my outlook on Frank. I see him on Instagram and this guy is like eating raw meat, but not just raw meat, like raw meat that he finds in the wild. And I think that was the first video that I found of you, Frank. He was was just like in the woods, found a robin egg and is eating the robin egg. I'm like, what is going on here? This person is amazing. And even on this podcast episode right now, he's outside, of course, very on brand for him. And I just think he's fascinating, but he's been through some stuff with his health. He's he's healed a lot of his health and he does some crazy shit. And I really like his relationship to life that i've seen so far he's also in the farming industry and as we all know i had a stint in the farming industry for like six months and we both worked as farmhands which i think that's so cool and i'm just so i have so many questions to ask him and i'm just really excited to have you on frank bone welcome to root awakening a health podcast
1: well thank you emily yeah i've I've followed you for a while probably then longer than you followed me but um just pretty funny i've I, I watched the Wes Row interview that you did and I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. I've followed Wes for a long time, since 2019. So I, I appreciate this a lot. Thank you. Yeah.
0: That's interesting that you followed him for a couple of years. Um, oh, but you've been doing this diet for, I mean, it all makes sense. I am i can't wait to hear about like how you got into this, but yeah, I love that episode with Wes. It was so cool. And I love that it was before I got into raw meat And even after I talked with Wes, I was like, this is fast. I'm just fascinated with people that are doing something different and interesting and like doing something different and interesting, but very spiritually sound while they're doing it. And that's how I see Wes. And interestingly enough, that's how I see you, too. You're not you're not extremely dogmatic or forceful or like super what women would see as like over testosterone like you're not super aggressive you're you're just very very mentally sound about your lifestyle would you agree
1: well thank you yeah I I definitely try to be that's kind of just who I am and uh I mean you can look back to my Instagram back in 2020 and 2021 I was predominantly cooked food I had some raw stints here and there doing fun things but uh yeah, the raw. I just like to experiment and be honest with myself and to others like I'm not doing this because I think it's, you know, the way the truth, um, you know, I really don't believe that there is a way that there is a truth and, um, you know, so I try to show that in my post show that through what I say. And, you know, it's been hard sometimes, you know, try not to let my biases get the best of me. Um, or ego, you know, anything like that. But you know, overall, I feel good about what I've done and just still learning and going from there.
0: That's, I think what I sense in you and both you and Wes are very different people, right? I don't mean to like group you together as one, but just, I appreciate you guys so much and wanted to have you on the podcast so much because I think that's what I sense. You you try to keep your ego in check, not to demonize the ego, because I think we need it. And I think you guys know that too, which I really like, that there's a place for the ego. Like, I don't know. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think ego uh, you know, there's a book called Ego is the enemy. It's all about like stoicism. And I've thought about that long and hard since that came out, and like I don't know. I think that ego can be good in times of when you need confidence. But not too much, of course, because then you'll just get humbled and hurt and it'll just be bad for everyone. So you yep. should know where your ego is.
0: Yep, the universe or God or who, whoever we believe in comes down with the iron fist when the ego is out of check, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. But
0: definitely. I think you need the ego to do what you do. Like to kill animals, you need an ego.
1: Yeah, you definitely need something. <laughs> like confidence. <laughs> um, desire, I think more than anything uh just desire uh is what i've learned you know like it's so easy i'm surrounded like vermont where i'm at it's, it's just the best food environment i could ever ask for it's what I've been yearning and chasing for for a long time and like i could easily go to the store and always buy the best meats in the country in my opinion but um i i don't like that i'm always looking for a step more and y'all be killing another lamb hopefully next week um and, like, that's just most important thing to me is getting up close and personal. I don't want anyone in between me and my food, quite honestly. I just feel like that's the most uh, primal and a spiritual way you can, like, get your food. So that's very just what spiritual. I do.
0: It's very yeah. spiritual. When, before we go into your how you got here basically how you got to this mindset you mentioned something about it being hard sometimes when I asked you about like when we were when we were talking about ego a few minutes ago you mentioned that it's hard something was hard like uh what do you feel like you were referencing there like what you struggle with in the mindset towards oh I think you were talking about like dogma and all that like what do you find difficult in that arena
1: definitely like I um I guess specifically uh, as of this year, I, you know, once I got more into, I got really into raw meat. Well, back in the 2019, I, you know, got into it, but it's mainly this year where like most of my diet has been raw meat this whole year so far. And um, as I learned more about it, delved into it, you know, I came across a lot of people, you know, a lot of what they were saying and, you know, obviously Ogenus planets, like of course everything you said, um, And there's just, it's very culty and it's easy to get your head round up into like enzymes, cooking is bad for you, destroys the bacteria, you know, we're not designed for cooked food and like people get really dogmatic about it. And like, those are our sources of like eating raw meat comes from these people where they're really dogmatic about it. And, you know, I choose not to be like them, quite honestly, Um, that's important to me. But I've noticed that, you know, not listening i noticed a few times quite honestly this year where uh i was pushing raw meat on me like i wanted cooked food but i just pushed on raw meat and um wasn't anything bad of course but i um mentally you know slight orthorexia i'm sure like obsessive about it and like i try to dodge that having a history you know six years ago with anorexia and eating disorder that whole that whole realm uh, that's important to me to dodge that, and but to be the healthiest that I can be. So that's a fine line to walk. To you know walk. Um, but yeah, the raw, raw meat, raw food in general. It's a lot of ego, dogma within there. For some reason, it's kind of weird. Oh, um, like you were saying your stories today. You know, you you post something that's cooked, you lose raw meat followers, or you post something that's raw and you lose followers in general. It's super weird. Yeah.
0: it's amazing timing it's always amazing timing I love that I'm having you on today right when I was talking about that I brought this up once or twice before but yeah for real it's like I'm into all these I'm an extreme person I like all the weird stuff anything that's interesting to me I like to experiment with it and because of that I have picked up along the way this the stuff that I really like and I keep the stuff I really like and the stuff that I think that is kind of bullshit after I become acquainted with whatever I'm experimenting with the stuff that I think is bullshit I leave so I picked up all these pieces of lifestyle that can be seen as extreme or weird or whatever so it's a very it's very interesting being that type of person in the online space because like you said things get dogmatic it's like if you're on one side well then you can't be on this side if you're eating raw meat then why the fuck would you go out and eat restaurant food you don't know where that shit's coming from why would you drink coffee or I don't know what else what they're against but cooked food, whatever. Cheetos. Why would you eat Cheetos? Like That stuff poisons your body and it brainwashes you, right? Yeah, yeah. People get confused. And to me, that that whole navigating that confusion is what I'm obsessed with. I love that. I'm like, where does our mindset stand here? I mean, it's such a deep topic that we can go into. But yeah, this is something that I really appreciate about you, Frank, because you have this extreme lifestyle but you are mentally in my eyes you're very mentally and spiritually like i said sound so you're able to grasp the topics of like yes raw meat feels really good for me and i really appreciate when other people do that too but i can understand that other people have different ways of being and that's such a simple thing but it seems like a lot of people have a really hard time with that
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just easy to get caught up about. I think deep down people are confused. They want identity. You know, it's the world that we mm. live in today. It's, it's easy to get lost in how things are um, just because we're disconnected from each other and like food everyone has to eat. It's easier to form groups, cults <laughs> over. Mm. And um, that's just such an easy thing to grasp hold of. And, and sure if you want like veganism is a perfect example of that, like nobody wants to be vegan but everyone wants to belong. And so I think, yeah, I really think the raw primal, honestly, the raw primal sphere is really similar to veganism in that there's a tight knit group for better or worse. And so I, yeah, I try not to like bring about any haters. I really don't want to do that either. Um, but I, I've seen it this whole year. People DM me and like, look, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Agnes. Like he's helped me. Um, a lot this stuff, but overall, like whenever I get too dogmatic about it and I can't sleep, I can't focus, can't talk to anyone. I just lose my life It's miserable mm. and you can't listen to your body. So
0: mm, that's amazing. It's amazing. Everything you said there. One point that I would like to make is what you said about identity. What a great way to sum up this entire topic that we're talking about identity People, they, it, it helps them feel safe to have a tribe, to have an identity. And I think in my opinion, we're evolving past that to the place where like identity can be just like being a human and relating to other humans, no matter if they agree with your way of life or not. That shit, that's so hot to me. Like that is just, it like literally turns me on to think about that. Like relating to people, just human to human because it's so, that is so evolved to me. Uh, but it's, it's also a thing I noticed in the raw meat sector or like yeah like you said I don't want to talk about a bunch of shit about the raw meat people some of the dogmatic raw meat people I'm like so inspired by I'm like who are you you are so fascinating right now like I don't follow the liver king I don't think and I know he's like the like people that the guy that people kind of shit on in this sector it's this guy for those of you who don't know there's a lot of non-raw meat people in my audience the liver king's like I don't even really know he's I think I've heard someone describe him as like the WWE wrestler of (laughs) The raw meat industry, because he's like this giant guy. He's like super eccentric. And he, his whole thing is like eat liver, eat organ meats. And yeah, I think he does it, does it a lot of it raw, but uh, where was I going with that? I think that it's even the dogmatic people can be inspiring to me, but I noticed that in the carnivore raw meat primal, I'll say like primal ancestral sector there's also a lot of people shitting on the whole gender identity thing and like now we're kind of getting into politics but like yo you're getting upset that people want to try to find identity through like a word for their sexual orientation or their gender they're trying to find identity through like one word I was never into that I never really like that never drew me to a certain word to find identity in that necessarily. But like people aren't seeing the hypocrisy that's happening, right? Like if you're if you're giving your whole identity the blanket of I am a raw meat or I'm an agonist follower, but then you also aren't understanding when people want to identify as like pansexual or like that he or they, them, to me, it's all the same thing. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, so funny. like, I, I'm, yeah, I don't really delve much into so the socio-political climate. I obviously see it, um, <laughs> all around me. Um, it's so funny. I kind of just stay in my own tunnel vision bubble and, like, I, I just know who I am, what I do, and I tr- try not to devote much energy towards what other people do unless they, like, positively or negatively impact me kind of thing and so but no I do know what you mean like I've seen it is funny like dietary influencers if you can say that like kind of drift down to the socio-political climate of identity in general um I mean I've seen that I'm like oh that's interesting Then I kind of just go to the next person so <laughs> so I never honestly not really delved much into it um but I, I've seen it so
0: yeah, yeah and like I don't know what the like <sighs> My point is, my point in saying that is, aren't we all just looking for identity? Don't we all just want to feel supported? Don't we all just want to be like in a group that feels good? And, and um, I just think we can do that without saying you're right and you're wrong. You're right and you're wrong. I'm right and you're wrong. That's my whole point. I'm not trying to talk shit about anybody. I'm just saying, I think we're all a lot more similar than we think we are.
1: No, that's fair. Um, I think all our goals and desires are pretty similar from person to person and just how we get there. That's what's different. You know, we're, we're all human. We're all homo sapien. Um, Our goals for a connection, our desire to be successful are there to feel purposeful within our life in this world. Uh, But we just all have different tracks and trajectories and tools to get there. So I think, you know with everything. I think that's, that's how that is. So. Yep.
0: Okay. Let's talk about you now. So you mentioned that you're not that into aginist wonder plants, which is amazing. Hilarious to me. I have no opinion on aginist. I'm like grateful, I guess, for him because he introduced people that I know in the raw meat industry, the the raw meat sector to raw meat in a way. And I think that's great. But for those of you who don't know, Ogenus Thunder Planets is kind of like the father of the raw meat diet. Would you say that, Frank?
1: Oh, totally. The raw primal definitely got everyone on board. Yeah.
0: Okay. And you're not a big fan of his why? Like, talk about your relationship to him.
1: So I found Ogenus back in February of 2019. Um, Just when I was – that was in the fall of 2018. I was going through carnivore. saw some good things, saw some bad things. So just try and delve, work through some more um, things. And I, I found raw primal online. Like I saw, Agenis, you know, checked out his books in the library. I'm like, who the heck is this guy that, I mean, I, um, I credit him for me, like learning about raw milk and high, high liver. You know, he's the guy that told me about that. Um, I think both are, spectacular foods for the body um and so i think that's a you know a good thing a pro about him what i i think i'm skeptical about all that he says you know he changed his name like to a rather weird name <laughs> i know it sounds silly but like it's so like why did he change his name to oh, that i didn't like, know that he was, changed
0: his name
1: yeah i forget his real name but you can look it up his first name like john or something <laughs> i don't
2: know um, <laughs> that's
1: right. Yeah, and so like honestly, sure, I'm not hating on him for changing his name. Like I don't care. Like I really don't. But like it's a super strange name, and like so like that right off the bat, it's just like what's his past? And he has a pretty crazy past as a child. Like to overcome that many cancers and autism, and I don't know. It's just it's a little far out there for me. I you know I'm not saying I hate him or disagree with him. Um, I personally think that he did fake his own death. Uh in Thailand.
0: What?
1: And, yeah, he just fell off like a two story building. Uh supposedly, that. uh dumping water off and he just collapsed. And I don't know. It's just there's a lot of skeptical things out there regarding his life. And then like when it comes down to the diet, though, it's like I just flat out disagree with his obsession with fruit and honey. Um mm. and his anti salt dogma, I think, is hurting people,
0: quite mm. honestly. Um, so is so you don't agree that honey and fruit are as necessary as Agnes says
1: as Agnes says yes and like i'm not i'm also not a big fan of how he wants everyone to be like overweight or something like that oh like yeah he i heard before. about that
0: that's also is fascinating
1: to me i think that's i mean that's you know i think that makes sense what he says i just couldn't be happy if i if he if i were to be as big as he wants probably me to be
2: <laughs>
1: um <laughs> And like, I also wouldn't be happy. Like I tried the raw honey thing back in 2019 and it just made me miserable. Like I hated it. I don't like sweet things. So I'm not just going to force it on me.
0: Oh, so um, you just don't like the taste. So that's why you didn't want to eat it.
1: Yeah. Like I just, by this point, like, I mean, I respect, I understand why people like fruit and I understand that I'm different. Um, I just find life a lot more enjoyable without sugar of all sorts. Did it so.
0: affect your physical health at and- or mental health in a negative way
1: yeah I mean yeah uh back when I was eating you know vegan vegetarian just more plants in general I thought I had to eat fruit of course and it just just rotted my teeth like I was just like twice a day literally had to put a timer on my wash for five minutes at a time twice a day just like get that sugar cavity feeling off my teeth and it was just miserable every day now I don't even brush my teeth um just a reference but um amazing i hated it but i just kept doing because i was like fruit's good for you you know this was before ajenas of course um i knew of him and so i just have a bad history once i learned that fruit wasn't good for you i kind of celebrated i was like good get it out of my life
0: why Miserable. don't you think why don't you think fruit's good for you
1: well i wouldn't like i think everyone's different i do um And if I see someone eating fruit, I'm not going to like scold them in my head or anything. I literally just don't care. I think that, I mean, okay, I do have my bias towards fat and protein. um, Like, and that there's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. I kind of, I kind of follow that bias. I'm not going to lie. And, um, but I do, I do agree. Like, you know, people will say fruit, honey makes great additions to their ancestral primal kind of diet. I'm like, good for you. Probably, you probably know working out hard. I think for me, I thrive best on fat and protein and salt, electrolytes. Uh, I just feel better that way. But I totally, totally get it if, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe their ethnicity, where they're coming from, mm. climate, uh, how close they are to the equator kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, If fruit honey makes them feel better or her hormones in general um and for what it sounds like i mean i know i don't really delve much into like you know female hormones but it's there's like a there's like a weird thing like do women need some carbs and i don't know because i'm not a woman and so i really it's hard like i guess i hate on fruit from me eating it i don't hate on fruit if others eat it. Um, But I'm also not a fan of, you know, the suggestion that you have to eat fruit and honey to be healthy. That's my thing. Like every single person does.
0: Love it. Very well explained. So you basically think like carbs aren't for you in your life experience. Carbs aren't super necessary for you or they're not. They're not necessary for you. Like carbs in the sense of fruit, honey sweet stuff, breads, grains.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I've, I've heard uh, Sean Baker describe it perfectly. And I agree with this. It's like car, carbs aren't essential, but they can be conditionally beneficial for certain individuals, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they can offer their benefits to certain individuals at a certain time, but they aren't essential in the same way that fats and proteins are.
0: Love that, love that. Okay, let's get into the hormone thing. We're just going to be skipping around this whole episode, <laughs> I realize, which is fine. Yeah. I'll, I said this to Wes Rowe, and I'll say it to you. Every time I cut carbs out of my diet, my period is about to kill me. It fucking hurts so bad. <clears throat> I have not figured out why this is, but let me tell you something. I started eating a lot of meat. I started doing the keto diet. And my period was so bad. I was like, I can't eat. It hurts so bad. And of course, I'm not going to take any painkillers or I don't, I don't take any of that shit. Right. So I was like, or I don't even like smoke weed. Really. I don't take any kind of a pain numbing anything because I try to like follow the pain and figure out why, you know, I don't want to dull it necessarily. Mm -hmm. It hurts so bad. I couldn't do it again. And so I started eating carbs and it got better. And then I was eating like a primal kind of primal diet, but just like fruit Squash and then lots of meat, and it felt better. And then I went on the GAPS diet, which folks who are listening know about it. I think because I've talked about it on my podcast, and you did the GAPS diet too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm very oh, I'm very familiar with it. Um, yes, very familiar. Actually,
0: amazing. <laughs> so I want to talk about that a little bit too. Um, But I did the GAPS diet and I started with a meat stock fast. That's how I wanted to start from like baseline. And then I started building up with like some vegetables here and there. And obviously a lot of fat and all that. And my period started really hurting again. But in the GAPS diet, we all know that die off is a thing. So die off reaction for those of you who don't know is like when your body, when you have toxic, I'm going to put a very non-scientific basic explanation to this. So when you have toxic shit in your body that needs to be removed, those toxic cells are holding toxins in them. And when they die, because you're healing your body, they release a lot more of those toxins than you were even initially feeling in your body. So you can start to feel worse. Like you can start to have either different symptoms or worsening symptoms than you had before, but it's like you go through that worst time to get to the better healed time. So for example, I had dermatitis around my eyes. (laughs) My audience is probably so fucking sick of me talking about this because I talk about it all the time. But for those of you who, who don't know, I, I had dermatitis around my eyes and I, I wanted to get rid of that and in, in addition to other health issues that I was having. So I went through the GAPS diet and the dermatitis, the, the little bumps around my eyes got really, really, really bad when I started doing the GAPS diet. So a lot of people would think, oh, it's not working. It's actually making it worse. But because it was a die off reaction, you could Google this because it was a die off reaction. All that whatever the toxins were that caused the dermatitis were like releasing even more toxins because they were dying. But once they died and got out of my system and my body started to heal itself, the dermatitis went away. So it got worse before it got better. So that's I think a good example of that happening. So I think that it's possible that there could be some die-off symptoms that are showing up in my period. Like I think that's Mm. that's like a that's like an interesting thing to think about. But here's the thing. It's like as soon as I start eating some carbs, because now I'm kind of branching out in my diet and eating some restaurant food, I'm actually experimenting with the idea that it's all mindset, that everything we perceive in this world and experience in this world is fucking mindset. Like, if we, it, first of all, if we hate ourselves, we're going to have health issues. I, I believe that because I started coaching diet. Like, that's how I got into this field. I started coaching people on food diet, and I noticed everyone every single person who had health issues that were coming to me had emotional mental health issues as well. Mm -hmm. And then I just saw how my body was reacting versus how my mentality was. And I realized if like, when I started eating healthier, my health kind of got worse because I saw myself as this fragile being. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't eat anything. That's not absolutely perfect. Or it's going to make me react, which is the whole orthorexia thing. Right. So anyway, just like a side note, I'm experimenting with the idea that it's all fucking mindset. That being said, I still love to eat high quality food. I still love to eat raw meat. But once I started experimenting with restaurant food and the shit that people think is actually like bad for you. I don't eat fast food, but like whatever. Eating carbs, eating bread. my It's like my body is, feels like relieved. You know, mm. my period feels feels just easy and better and and more on time and so it's interesting what do you think about all this frank i know you're not a woman but i'm just curious to hear like what your thoughts are as i'm telling you this
1: yeah that's very interesting like uh that is like i think female hormones is the number one reason why i don't hate on carbs the way i hate on seed oils like i don't think anyone will find that <laughs> from seed oils but like you know i don't treat carbs e- equal to seed oils and like i uh so like you know the strong sisters if you followed them like so they're perfect they got me in they That's um what i'm
0: saying you know, they
1: changed the way i thought about carbs i never went back to them i followed them um ooh, 2019 as well you know going through their carnivore thing it was amazing 2020 you know happens few months in they're like look guys this is the story behind our hormone issues we haven't had our period in like 10 years like oh my god yeah and then you know they get they go down the ray pete stuff they introduced me to ray pete and you know he was saying you know you might need some was like fructose or just carbs in general so like fruit and honey squash um and like so i was, I was receptive to it but i was like i'm not ne- i'm personally never gonna do it but you know, they they eventually they worked hard and gradually regained their period, their menstrual cycle. And now they're doing great. So it's like, how can you hate on that? Like, you know, we're the really only are.
2: reason
1: the only reason I could hate on that is if I'm connected to car- carnivore, um, you know, religiously. So like, I, you know, I'm happy they did that for them, but I'm also happy that I saw that and uh, for me, because <laughs> it challenged me. It challenged me a lot because they were huge into carnivore. And then they brought to light, you know, women's hormones may need carbs guys. And I think, I think YouTube and Instagram within that world kind of blew up a little bit. Um, Cause like, how can you say that you're going, you're telling all this carnivore like don't eat carbs and well, good for them. They're strong. They did it. Um, but I will say I have had some guys tell me that their testosterone has dropped once they got rid of carbs Mm. super i don't understand that at all um obviously i'm not judging them for that um because for me like it was all fat and protein that got that up for me and but i think the only thing i could think of from that is maybe you know the the extra glycogen from the carbs could be more anabolic for them to build muscle more muscle means more testosterone um that's how i perceive it affecting a guy I've never looked into it. Um, mainly because, you know, I don't yearn for carbs. If I get to that point in my life where it's like, man, I want to eat more carbs again. I'm gonna do research first and to motivate me. Um, but I'm not gonna do anything I don't want to do. So <laughs> I
0: love
1: that.
0: I love, so, that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you brought up strong sisters. I forgot to bring that up when I was talking to Wes about it, and it's perfect that you brought it up now. Um, because that's the thing for me too. I'm like, if I lose my period. Hell no. Hell no. I'm not continuing to do whatever is making me lose my period. My fertility to me is like the the epitome of health. It's I cannot lose that shit. I cannot lose that shit. I need to, I I, it's very important for me to be fertile. Um, so if if people are fucking losing their periods, and I'm not saying that everybody's losing their periods, that they have that kind of a diet. I know some people that are carnivore that fucking love it. They have kids, they're popping out more kids, and it's great. But like some people do. So to me, if I ever lost my period, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck how good this, how good this is for me. I'm not losing my period, you know? Um, So yeah, it's it's all like, it's all perspective and life experience. And I love how you bring up the testosterone thing about men. I didn't know that. And yeah, it's all interesting. So you found out about the raw meat diet by going to the library and getting one of Agenis's books.
1: Well, no, no, I had it was online and then i you know later requested it through the library well through several libraries i had to have it shipped from god knows where like it's it's <laughs> hard to find his books mm. unsurprisingly because mm. of its how controversial it is which, which mm. was, was honestly really attractive um and so i think i i bought one back in the day i can't remember which one like we we went to live or whatever Um uh, i bought that i don't have it anymore but um uh, yeah, it's, I remember back then it was like, kind of hard to locate, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So now I just kind of found them online, just researching. I forget how, but I did. Yeah. Did you
0: find raw meat before GAPS or vice versa?
1: I found GAPS first.
0: Okay. So did yep. you do GAPS without vegetables right uh, from this
1: jump? Um. Well, GAPS, I found that back in 2018. Uh, I found that honestly, right around the same time I started the carnivore elimination diet back in late August of 2018. Uh, And I found gaps maybe September or so of 2018. I don't know how, Um, you know, I went to the Weston a price conference in 2018, which was, I think it was November back then. Uh, Now it's October, but um, anyways, I remember them selling their books there um and i was like oh i already have one and but this is cool that it's a big deal oh yeah natasha mcbride was there that year that's why i went to see her talk so i saw her in person which was awesome but no i i'm mainly from gaps i didn't follow it exactly like you know the whole six stages but what i i mostly took from it was the meat stock versus bone broth difference and so i Mm. did a lot of meat stocks um A lot of organs and slow cooked meats and also like i did every now and then like test out you know putting low starch root vegetables in with the slow cooked meats to see how i feel every now and then um no i didn't really care for them uh so it was mainly like i learned a lot just from reading you know natasha's books um mainly yeah mainly about expanding what i know about food in general um so i wouldn't say like i followed gaps but i learned from it so
0: love it so you don't make meat stock or bone broth anymore
1: i used to be obsessed with it. everyone you know who knew me like knew like i i thought i needed like it every day to survive like i I had this motto that was um collagen is the new fiber and yes um,
0: i read that mm -hmm. in one of your posts and i was like that was one of the first things i read on your social media. And I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Like you should trademark that.
1: (laughs) It's like, I love collagen. Yeah, I love, you know, just the crock pot every day. Like my house just always smelled like beef and it was amazing. Um, But no, I pretty much stopped it this year. uh, Like last year and the year before that, obsessed. Obsessed with my crock pot and bone broth, meat stock, whatever. Oh,
2: that's really cute.
1: And and, you know, beef shanks. And um, I would have like three going at a time even. And then, but no, I, I didn't do that at all this year, mainly just try and listen to my body and um, nothing against meat, stock, bone broth, but I just, I, I just feel better without it.
0: Without it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I hear you. Okay. So you used to be vegan and you were, I, you share pictures on your Instagram of how skinny you used to be. You used to be fucking so skinny.
2: Mm-hmm yes Uh, yes.
0: (laughs) yeah yep um so why why what started you in this path of like finding all the diets you had some health shit going on right
1: uh you know vegan i think sure i had underlying lyme disease Um, how do
0: you even get that like you you get it from a tick
1: yes a tick bite and i'm from i'm from maryland and i mean ticks are everywhere like i got It felt like on average, five tick tick bites a day, you know, every day. Oh (laughs) my
0: God.
1: I I didn't think about it. Like, because it's to me growing up, like I was just like you, from what I learned was, you know, from a tick bite, you see a bullseye, you know, you might be in trouble. I never saw like a bullseye, like bruise thing on your body. Um, But that's not always the case. And like a lot of people have, you know, quote unquote Lyme disease and like never know it quite honestly, so it's not always bad. Sometimes you can go your whole life never knowing it. Um, So sure, I did have that in me, which I think once I decided to become vegan, was just a clash of two really bad things. Um, I decided to go vegan, I guess. Graduated high school, you know, I had 10 years of perfect attendance and lost just all structure, purpose. I was a really good student um and I I remember like I tried everything and I was trying to learn welding I was in a welding booth at this little trade school thing and during lunch break I went to a local bookstore got Thrive that vegan magazine if you ever see that yes. in bookstores, um and I just sat there instead of welding I was enamored by all the beautiful colors of the uh, the vegetables fruits and all these
2: <laughs> amazing
1: words like save the planet and um, I was like I was so attracted to them like man these people are living great life great purpose and I was gradually just taking more and more meat out and like I, looking back on it the r- poor results were noticed rather immediately like some <laughs> people say like it took them six months or a year to notice veganism i mean it probably took me like six hours <laughs> but i kept going with it mm-hmm. um tons of beans like i did like the quote-unquote whole foods plant-based versions like no mm-hmm. junk food no mm-hmm. uh fake vegan anything so it was always like lean uh quinoa lentils kale fruits vegetables always that nuts, seeds um one ingredient foods and i did that for Wow. When I was 19, 20, and 21, and, like, every now and then, like, you know, I would say I want to change my life. I would eat an egg, and then I'd like, punish myself by, you know, like, never eating an egg or, like, any animal products ever. So, it wasn't, like, strict, strict veganism, but it was strict enough where it almost took my life.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, and, you like, know, going to, like, an anorexia unit was horrible and all that stuff, so.
0: So, you weren't intentionally anorexic. Your body was just devoid of
1: nutrients exactly like I I went into that unit thinking like look I'm not trying to make myself skinny I mean I lost my mind by that point anyway so it didn't matter what I said um I didn't see honestly I didn't see a fat guy but I didn't see a a really skinny guy either Like, like my endocrinologist told me like Frank you look like you're from um oh man uh you know, Nazi Germany. Um, what's it?
2: Concentration oh, camp?
1: Yes, yeah, concentration camp. Sorry. I was oh, my that God. But yeah, he looks like you're from a con- uh, concentration camp. And I was like, shut up. I- um, but looking back on it, I was like, oh, okay, maybe you were right. Uh, That's an
0: intense thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Probably intentionally, you. I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, his heart was in the right place. I don't like many mainstream medical doctors, but he, I, he was right, but I didn't see a frail, frail guy in the mirror and I didn't care. Like I was just so mission purpose driven by, you know, veganism, saving the planet, saving our health. And, uh, I pushed that to the extreme and restricted at the same time. Um, and I think just having the lime parasites in my body, you know, just, I think that's what really did it for me. Like just devouring like the carbs and sugars. Uh, I mean, they feed off of that. They feed off the sugars. And um, even though I was eating quote unquote, you know, good sugars um, from fruits and starches. Um, so I think that's where like the trauma for me kind of occurs uh, with the whole carb thing, which is why mm. I also don't take it personally on other mm. people. Yeah, There's uh, a lot of people do great with lime. A lot of people find huge relief with keto carnivore. And I can definitely attest to that. Like that is a lifesaver for that. So, yeah.
0: Wow. So you were, you were doing it partially because you were having some struggles with Lyme, but you were also just into the narrative of like, save the planet with veganism. And that's, that's why you kept it up.
1: Well, actually, I didn't know that I had Lyme, um, Lyme disease until a few years after deciding to go vegan. Um, that makes sense so i i, I found out yeah. i had lime um years later because i like had my last straw and like so that's a long story but um no i did i did veganism for to say the planet and i also just thought it was you know healthier but mainly for the right. planet like i i knew that i wasn't as strong as i was but i'm like i don't care you all suck i'm gonna yeah. I thought I was like the most important person in the world for being vegan and uh yeah, it was pretty bad.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, my sister and I don't really talk right now because she's so hardcore vegan.
1: Yeah, that vegan. happens.
0: It's pretty crazy. But again, it's like I can see it. I can see it all. Like I can see why she wants to do that. I can she's just I it's not like I necessarily think I don't look at her and say, "Man, that she's wrong or anything. I I don't believe that veganism is the best way for me, but I just think like fuck. That's sad, you know. That shit's like it, it's it's sad that that can completely isolate you from people. That any diet. It's sad that any diet can isolate you from people who want to love you. You know what I'm no,
1: saying? Definitely. I mean, there there comes a time and place where you know, you should take care of your health and like you know others may not be eating or living the same way that makes you feel best but you also don't want to like as you said isolate yourself intentionally just to be with the food that you believe is the most holy so
0: for real and of course it's another thing to say like if people are just talking shit to you if they quote unquote say they're they're loving you but they're talking shit to you they're not supporting what you're doing that's a whole different thing. Like trust me I've Put up plenty of boundaries between me and my family members when needed but if someone is supporting you still and think that you can still do what you want and they want to love you but you feel like you can't love them because they have a different mindset yeah, yeah. that i mean obviously i'm i'm very biased because i'm experiencing it in my life but yeah it, it just can get crazy i guess that's my point so what are your spiritual views
1: oh <laughs> well I wasn't expecting that question um,
0: <laughs> they never are like I'm gonna throw a bunch of weird questions at you so just get ready
1: <laughs> that, that is funny you say that uh I grew up Catholic um I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade back home in Maryland uh went to public school and high school um uh, so went to church every Sunday um and then but nothing like I was never like seriously. And I kind of honestly, I was just going with emotions, um, just going with what I my family did and all that. And like, I never really questioned it. Like it was what, you know, I thought was right and just did. Um, and then it was actually it's funny you ask that because it was. Oh, man, around the time where I graduated high school, looked into veganism, that I was also like working hard to become like the best Catholic that I could be.
2: Which wow. is
1: super fun because like I, I um, was obsessed with uh, the Bible. I read a lot of that. Uh, the Bible has some strict dietary uh, restrictions, I guess. What? And you know, like you can't eat catfish or crabs, scavenger animals, pigs. What? This is that. the
0: first time here. i know nothing about the Bible. This is the if, first. Um,
1: there's actually a diet called the Maker's diet, like the Maker, as in God. And, um, some people attest to it or like the Peter fast, I think it is, uh, he, where it's just like named after, I guess, St. Peter, uh, and you do like this restrictive fast, like just fruit or something like that. And, but yeah, like at certain books within the Bible, uh, you can eat, certain things but then later on you can't and it was just really confusing and you know i thought i would to be a good catholic so i just f- tried following it to a t and like they have different ideas on like meat dairy stuff like that and just very complicated um so anyways I've, following my anorexia i kind of did drift off from catholicism the bible um not not i was against it or anything like that uh but I just drifted away from it. And so right now, like I, wow, well, I would love to like get back into it. <laughs> uh, like some way, some way spirituality, but that's like definitely a weak link in my health. I feel like, to be honest, um, mm. which is interesting.
0: It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. Very like interesting. I, I'm not atheist by any means, but I don't really look into it. I kind of just focus on um, what's in front of me and try to have the most faith that I can myself but um spirituality i don't look very deep into but well, I love to me
0: to. your entire life is very spiritual but i look at spirituality different than religion like
1: All
2: right.
0: religion can be spiritual but spirituality is like to me it's like the blanket of your relationship with forces that are bigger than you including nature you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. So like you're, to me, it's like your entire life revolves around nature. And to me, nature is such a good indication of God and what's like, what's going on in that, that world. And sometimes I tell my clients who aren't comfortable with the word God because of religious trauma and like think that the universe sounds too like, what, what, woo woo.
2: Yeah.
0: I say, what about nature? You know, that's something that's really cool to worship and believe in. And so what do you think in your mind? Is there a difference between spirituality and religion or could there be?
1: Oh, there definitely is. Uh, I think religion is like, wow. Uh, I feel like religion is this belief or faith in like a higher, no, maybe a higher deity or God. Mm -hmm. Um, spirituality is just, I think that's more about faith and just being, um, hopeful. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm not an expert on that. am not going to lie. I'm I'm pretty weak in that area, but it's something that I've always considered about lo- learning more about. So. Do you
0: believe in God?
1: Jeez. Mm, you know, I, I often try to avoid that question. Like, I don't, di- I don't disbelieve.
0: Uh, oh, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised to hear this.
1: <laughs> I, um. I mean, it's like, this sounds stupid, but like, if he's out there, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, God, for like letting me exist, letting me, you know, live my life and hopefully I make it to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Um, I try to be the best person I can be. But um, yeah, I'm always receptive to like, hey, if there's a sign that God's real, I'm I would love to see that. Um for certain, for certain. Um God's real for certain. Um yeah, that's where but I stand. You don't-
0: so, so Frank works on this farm. That's fucking gorgeous. You can see it in his stories. He has, he's like riding these tractors. That like, he's, a, he's got music playing in the background, all different. I've heard beastie boys. I've like heard all this shit. It's amazing. And he's like driving around in like the, the Mount it's like mountains, right? In Vermont.
2: Yeah. That's so like-
0: gorgeous. You, you never feel God or see God or see the nature that you're in as God.
1: That's wow. That's so funny. You say that, um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I see production and work. Woo! Um, and because it, it's at, at that level, it's not, it's a small farm too, but like it's stressful behind the scenes. It's yeah. stressful. We're not doing good financially. Um, I see every day is behind the scenes. It's a little bit paranoid, paranoid to me. Um, you know, will this farm make it, um because there's farms around us that have failed okay. and it is it's terrifying uh so I, I do
0: become a billionaire because I'm going to mm-hmm. give so much land to people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like the first thing I'm going to do okay anyway not to make it about myself yes so you are seeing it as like you're all business when you're there
1: and fun of course uh which explains attractors <laughs> um but, no, I don't stop and say, oh, look how beautiful these chickens are. Like, they're a gift from God. I, they're kind of annoying, quite honestly.
2: Chickens,
1: um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, But, no, like, I just see, like, all right, how can we keep all the birds that we can alive, you know, be efficient with it, keep all the dogs in the paddock, uh, you know, get the most work that we can in humanely, safely for everyone. There's not a whole lot like, hey, let's stop and admire nature. Um, I but I do admire nature in the sense that I would never do an indoor job and that I'll always retreat to an outdoor work because I respect for what it has done to me.
2: Yeah,
0: I love. Yeah. To me, I just see all that shit as spiritual, even though you're saying like, you know, you, you focus on what you need to focus on. That's totally why I didn't last in farming because I wasn't focused on any of that shit. I was focused on all of like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Playing with the animals, just not doing my job 100%. I would be such a good farm wife, but like being a farmer, just it's not for me, but that's why we need folks like you, Frank, who like genuinely enjoy it. And it means so much to you. And I love what you said to me in the DMs the other day, you said, because we were taught, you shared the thing about Joe Rogan talking about how, how chickens are fucking like, like I don't know what he said but they're just like trying to eat us they would eat us they don't give a oh they don't give a fuck about us that's what he said like chickens do not give a fuck about you and that was something that I learned in farming I was like I love chickens they're so cute and they are actually I definitely made friends with some chickens but the majority of them, I saw how they were tearing each other apart. And I was like, fuck. And this was in very nice conditions for them. Right. It wasn't like a, they weren't all stressed and shit. They had so much land to walk around and peck around and scratch around, but they would just tear the shit out of each other. And uh, they're just so neurotic and crazy. And I will say again, said this on my stories, I'll say it again. Chicken can be very healing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, you know, against eating chickens or anything. I was just quite just as animal to animal, I was disturbed by them. (laughs) Okay, where am I going with this? So I shared that thing that Frank shared about Joe Rogan and we were just talking about being in the farming industry and handling chickens. And you said something about how, you know it's kind of like, oh, you said it was like going to war. Like you feel like you're kind of going to war and like putting yourself quote unquote at risk or in an uncomfortable situation to provide the people with the meat, right?
1: yeah definitely uh because just like you I was taken aback by like these birds but they they detect and hunt for blood that's all they want is blood <laughs>
0: god so intense yeah I mean it's not their fault it's just who they are I just was dissolute, not disillusioned I was just like they are not the most uh nice pleasant animals to be around I love the cows I even love the pigs pigs are like way too smart for their own good but I like enjoyed hanging out with the pigs anyway okay so talk a little bit more about that like how you see what you're doing as a service because here's the thing you guys this is what I want the world to know and take away from this episode along with many other great things that Frank is saying we fucking need we need farmers we need people that love farming we need money in the hands of farmers that are doing a good job farming bill gates exists you guys bill gates exists not to get all conspiracy but like whatever no matter what you believe we need good farmers because we need to eat like meat has done so much for my life and so many people in my life um anyway so talk about that frank like the service that you see yourself doing as a farmer
1: well, we have like a mission statement at our farm that we say every morning to promote the health and welfare of our community by providing the highest quality pastor-raised products through regenerating soil and water resources. You say that every day. Um,
0: really? You guys yeah, have like yeah. a team moment? Yeah, we, have,
1: we have a team group. Say how Aww. we're doing, say what we did yesterday and what we'll do today, any barriers and what we can do about it. Um, so that's a team meeting every day. And so a mission statement is how we first started off. And so it was pretty cool. Like, I live in a great community where everyone knows Maple Wind Farm. That's the farm I work at here in Richmond, Vermont. And, um, yeah, everyone knows me because I walk there. And so it's just like people respect our products. I've, I have met our customers. Um, you know, with the whole COVID thing happening in 2020, that made um, a huge impact into our food system and people wanting fresh foods And for whatever reason, you know, to be healthier or just, you know, delivered. Um, people have been learning through social media and online, like, hey, the food system is not in good shape right now. And it's so amazing that I'm very grateful to be living at this time in history where it's just, I feel like I'm on the front lines of the food system. I'm li- I'm working at a farm that, I shouldn't say this, but we're failing financially because uh, it's hard. Um, like a lot of farmers, not our fault. It's just how it is. And, you know, not a lot of support. Um, From government and all that, they support the wrong people, (laughs) Uh, wrong farmers. And um, wow, so oh yeah, service. I meet our customers. Customers help us out. Neighbors help us out, and it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, You know, we get hate by some people, and just you gotta move past that. Um,
0: Who do you who? What happens when you get hate from people? Like what? What uh, kind of hate?
1: just like we've had some bad things happen like environmentally or like cows escape from our farm and like just going out to the community mm. honestly yes people can get scared of that that makes sense um and so it they're
0: scared with- of the animals that that get out and they say like it's irresponsible you can get some lawsuits right
1: yeah yes especially like Oh, I really shouldn't be saying this, but, um, you know, we had two cows get hit by a truck this year.
0: Fuck.
1: Yeah, it, happens and, but it uh,
0: happens. and when you're doing farming, I'm sorry, Frank, I'll let you finish. I just, I'm getting <laughs> fired up right now because when you are doing farming the right way and you're in society, like the cows need a lot of grass and they eat the grass really quickly. So you have to move them around a lot. So how do you move them around a lot? You need to like put up Uh, removable electric fences all over the place. I don't know how Frank's farm does it, but like you have to put in electric fences all over the place and that shit is just like, either you have to have like miles and miles and miles of farmland, or if you're just trying to exist in society with a a regenerative farm, that shit happens. Like they get out on the road because they actually have room to roam, which is what makes our meat healthy for us. What would you say about
1: that, Frank? Wow. Yes. Some people getting angry but you know it's cool to see some people uh also join in to help us and let us know where they're at and like so jump in yeah to just help us catch them and so it, it is interesting to see the differences and perspectives i guess you can say from our community and yeah. that just kind of keeps me going like you know trying to uh support those that support us and please or educate those that don't support us.
2: And it's just a fun game to play. Every day is just kind of a game. You never know what you're gonna get when you're in farming and yeah, it's exciting.
0: It is exciting. It's a fascinating field. When you feel like you want slash need to educate people in the community, how does that happen?
1: Well, I guess I'm mainly in the field and so I don't really get that opportunity that much like if I worked on the farmer's market I would um you know we have this forum in the community here called Front Porch Forum and it's like this online thing it you know you can share your thoughts opinions what you're looking for whatever online and it goes to emails to all the people here it's kind of cool um you know we've gotten some hate from some people I wanted to correct them and But my boss said, "Frank, just don't even." So it's just like, okay. (laughs) So I kind of just let it go. Um, No, so yeah, mainly I don't deal with the customers that that much, but I see them. I let them know where I work, and I think that hey, that's cool. I get your eggs all the time. So nice. That's pretty much it.
0: Mm, That's cool. It sounds like like you're in a cool community there in
1: Vermont. Oh yeah, Richmond. It's really cool. It's near Burlington. Oh, yeah. and uh, i I ride my bike to Burlington all the time, and that's like kind of popular area of Vermont. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: UVM is there. University of Vermont is there. And it's a good place in Vermont to
2: live. Uh, it's clean, and you know people know you. So,
0: yeah, I love that. It sounds like it's a nice, like small town vibe,
2: oh, it is, definitely is. I love it.
0: Amazing. So since you were so into Catholicism, were you celibate? Are you celibate? Oh, no. Were you ever? Did you ever make the decision to do that after you got to be old enough to want to do that?
1: No, my testosterone took care of that for me. (laughs)
0: Okay, so let's talk about I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about this. But like, I specifically want to talk about the sex drive that comes along with the raw meat diet, because I've heard a couple I mean, there are plenty of people in my audience that do raw meat or just like heavy meat, men and women. And everybody that I know, pretty sure everybody that I know that does a raw meat diet slash heavy meat diet and they're happy with their health. They have a crazy sex drive. What was that like for
2: you? Well, that's funny. I mean, uh,
1: wow, definitely increased a lot. Once I, the raw milk. Really? (laughs) Uh, Raw milk definitely, you know, increased my testosterone. I don't get blood results really anymore. I don't really care for them, but my mom actually, she took, some
2: she put into diagrams of my testosterone over
1: the years. So when I was like uh, 20 years old, going into Hopkins, the anorexia unit, I think around my testosterone levels were around like 43. Um, that's not good at all. What um, are they supposed my, to be at? Uh, I actually can't. It's a wide range, but just for um. Uh, comparison when I was so when I was 20 you know around the anorexia time it was 43 when I started raw meat raw milk it jumped to 859
0: oh my god oh my yeah.
1: god. it was kind of wild my That's mom mind-blowing but um
0: your mom what, what well, did
1: you say my mom made this she's into that so she just kind of like made this graph of like my results and saved some medical history of me like i don't know know if i look at it but so so she's fucking
0: cool that she does that for you
1: yeah yeah
2: so
0: okay so your sex drive gets crazy now what do we do frank now what i feel like i'm the only one concerned not concerned i'm proud of it but I don't know how to handle it. And I honestly feel like I'm the only one because people are, I I talk about it all the time on my Instagram and everybody knows my sex drive is crazy. And I don't know what, I kind of don't know what to do with it because when I'm in a relationship, it's great, but I'm not right now. And it's not, I can't connect with someone. Like I'm not the type at this point in my life to go fuck somebody if I'm not spiritually interested in them. Right. <clears throat> so I'm complaining about all the time online and people agree with me, which is so like, thank God for them. Thank God for the people that have gotten back to me that said, yeah, I feel that, too. And especially like women, we go on like a monthly cycle of hormones and like sex drive. And I think men, it's like a 24 hour cycle. Right. Like you have a certain time of the day when you're like super horny and you yeah. agree with that.
1: Yes. Yes. That way.
0: Okay, so when I'm ovulating, I'm going, I'm like an, I am an animal, right? I'm like an animal. Like, I I can't, like, how do I relate to society? Anyway, thank God for the people who are like, I have felt this too. And it's part of the men and women have, have reflected this back to me that like yep your your testosterone your testosterone, your hormones and your sex drive it's just healthy it's healthy to have a big sex drive we are animals and that's okay and that just helped me feel so understood and not like insane because here's the thing you guys so many people out there are like way overdoing it with the porn I would say men and women but like especially men and the sex drive is all fucked up like they're kind of always horny but they're kind of not like they can't really like perform at all. And I think it's because of the porn. Um, so I felt a little weird for having this like really strong sex drive. And then I found out it's a thing in the raw meat world. So can you speak to your experience with that?
2: Oh man. Uh,
1: that's so interesting you say that because I know like Agenus was known as being like a um, sex addict. <laughs>
2: For
1: real? So,
0: yeah, I, think, <laughs>
1: I didn't know that. One of the things you, and it's so funny that you didn't know that about him. You just could feel it from the raw meat in general. <laughs> so I guess it's that I never really thought of it that way. I just thought like, Hey, I've regained my health. Um,
0: mm, that's such a beautiful way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, Cause I guess like I came from like no fat protein cholesterol and like for me, it was just getting that up in general, got my hormones, libido back up again um, from high school. Cause like, I I really just damaged my hormones, testosterone, libido, late teens, early twenties. And so- With bad. porn? No, 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 with veganism.
2: Oh, wow.
1: So that's what I meant. Um, from having low testosterone, just like, uh, yeah, nothing special. <laughs> My life. I didn't talk to anyone. Never really had girlfriends during that at all. So, um, yeah, it uh, it sucked. But so once I figured, hey, just meat in general, you know, brought my testosterone libido right back up again. And so that's what I feel like. I don't know if raw meat in particular does it. Maybe it does. I just always figured that hey, fat, fat cholesterol, protein is what's going to help you the most. That's my take on that. Um, mm-hmm but maybe hey raw meat there's something special in it I, I don't know though
0: yeah i think that's a good point i keep referencing the raw meat as like the crazy drive for driver for sex but no i know people that eat just cooked meat and who are kind of saying the same thing so yeah that's that's true so i know people in the <laughs> I actually wrote a a note on this because I wanted to ask you about this. I know people in the raw meat sector who they're like super into polyamory, like having multiple wives because they want to like. Do you know about this? Uh,
1: actually, I that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Why? Um.
0: Because it's primal.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's a fair way to put it. I was just thinking because I see. Uh, <laughs> a a lot of energy from these raw meat eaters and like they're never satisfied kind of mentality like they're always they're after a lot of excitement and i just don't feel like to them um i'm not an expert in polyamory <laughs> i'm nothing against it i'm uh, curious
0: what your thoughts are on it
1: yeah um wow i never really I've just naturally been monogamous and probably just growing up that way. So I never really thought much about polyamory, polyamorous people. I mean, I met them and I think that they're sweet people, very nice and loving, you know. Um, they're, yeah, the, all right. The polyamorous people that I have met are very kind and loving.
0: Yeah, they um, are. Yeah, they are.
1: I must say, I'm I'm pretty impressed with their patience and their caring.
0: <laughs> I guess you have to be patient, you know, yeah. in a way. You have to be you have to be very sound in what you believe to go through society and be like, no, I'm this isn't for me. You know that the typical thing that we've been doing for generations isn't for me, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, oh, that's a good point. Um, sure, like I guess monogamous is like the traditional way. Of doing relationships things like that and um and society wise and so i guess you break away from society a little bit like with the raw meat spear of course and then other aspects of your life um you kind of break away from the, the quote-unquote norm and i feel like yeah i guess your love life kind of just follows that track
0: do you like, think that well because hmm interesting this will be an interesting question for you because I have heard this is more from like I guess a scientific perspective and I'm I'm wondering if you agree based on your research if you've done any research on this but the I've heard that the primal way that we used to live ancestrally was like the men would basically have that they would impregnate a lot of women and the women would kind of just be with one man so it sounds sexist because I'm like the, the man is the only one and there's lots of women, but the, it just so happens that the people that I've met who are doing that, who are interested in the polyamory thing, they're men who want like multiple wives, you know? So I think they've explained, cause I'm fascinated and stuff. So I'm like, tell me more, you know, like, I'm not going to be a sister wife to you, but I will ask you about it and learn more information. And uh, they're telling me that it, it was kind of like the primal way of doing things. So they just, they're obsessed with, they're obsessed with that and not saying that's good or bad, but they're, they want their lives to be totally ancestral. So do you, from, do you see that as like the ancestral way of
1: being? Wow, that's a very interesting question. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never really looked into that. Um, of course I have, well, to the back, I have listened to like, some people in like TED talks touch on the subject of polyamory, polyamory stuff because it is it's interesting concept. Um, Cause like you know when I first heard it, I was like, isn't that cheating? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: and
1: but they're like, no, no, like everyone's in agreement. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Yeah. But so you know, as time goes on, I meet people and kind of hear some more things. Like never delved in much research, but um. I must say, it does make sense. Like if you look at other animals in the animal kingdom, like it doesn't sound like they're all really, I mean, I could be wrong, but they're they're not, they don't, a lot of animals don't sound like they're really attached to one other animal. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know.
0: There's Um, just like, there's some monogamous animals and mm -hmm. some are not. I I always think about chickens because they're fucking crazy going back to the chicken thing like they're they're fucking everybody all the time
1: you know and dogs so like uh, yeah I mean if reproduction is in our biology and then why does it really matter kind of thing like you know you should as in like why it doesn't matter to just be with one person? I I could see that as being a very plausible argument for polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
0: From the perspective of like the demographic that we're talking about, that's that was kind of like my resolve. I'm like, great, populate theirs with a lot of healthy people. Go like that sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I do mean, you I, think? yeah, like I again, like I I don't do, <laughs> I don't judge people like. I, i'm pretty traditional i'll say that um in my mindset which is funny because like i do very untraditional things um but like i, I just grew up traditional honestly conservative and but like i, I don't have much energy to just like saying what is right wrong weird or whatever um or like judge people for what they decide to do like I think it's interesting, but like I just know my place and so I kind of just try to stay there.
0: Nice. That's the theme of this episode for sure. Just allowing people to do their thing and it's interesting, but then we have our things that we like. It's also interesting this topic of like what's traditional versus what is primal because I kind of mix those two things sometimes and then sometimes I see them as different. Traditional and primal ancestral. So for example, I, if if I am with someone, I mean, we're working on this, I'm working on this, but if I'm with someone and that guy looks at another girl, I will tear that bitch's hair out. Like I am an animal. I'm crazy. And I know that I'm crazy. And they know, they have known in the past, my past partners know that I'm crazy. I get in my eyes i see that response as very animalistic but in reality i don't think it's that ancestral if we're going to talk about like like ancestral behavior being one one man with a lot of women i don't i don't think that's maybe that's not very ancestral i feel animalistic <laughs> but yeah it's interesting at the same time i do think that women that we we would have been acting like the chickens back then in a way like we would have like because when like a uh, female chickens will like still kind of like peck at each other and be like get out of my way or fight each other and i can also picture like ancestral women pulling pulling each other's hair out that that happens with the chickens too by the way for folks that don't know they the males when they get on top of the females they like pull their neck feathers out right frank
2: yeah. ouch yeah.
0: Like, but it does make sense if we're going to go deep sexual right now it kind of makes sense a lot of women like their hair pulled you know what I mean so it kind of all it's so to me this this shit's so fast I can't go through an episode without talking about something sexual because it's I just think it's so interesting and in this context talking about how we relate to animals and like what is traditional as far as society goes and what is traditional as far as like what's really ancestral and 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 biologically, just in our DNA, you know, I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that is one one part of the primal life that I've never really delved much into, not gonna lie. Uh, I mean, you definitely challenged me to think about it some more, so I'll look into it.
0: It's weird, I know, but I had to talk about it because I'm like, I just, I, uh, so people have DM'd me about all these topics, but I don't see it being said out in the open. I'm I'm not I guess I'm not really searching raw meat profiles that much but I just haven't I haven't seen it really been being talked about and it's it's just becoming a big not polyamory but this whole thing with how to handle this 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 not really newfound sexuality but this like very accentuated version of like my sex drive is that is I think that is the challenge I'm working on in my life right now so how do you do are you single
2: Yes ladies oh you single
0: (laughs) okay so um you're single and we've actually talked about the 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 i guess you could call it difficulties i don't i really i'm very against making this shit a narrative but we can we've frank and i have talked about the challenges that can come along with this lifestyle as far as relating to society and dating because (laughs) you're like how are you going to get so close to someone who's going out to eat all the time and eating all the shit and then your lifestyle is so different to that. Like, it, do you drink alcohol or like smoke weed no, or anything?
1: I don't, I've, I've never had alcohol. Um,
0: you've never had alcohol,
1: no? Yeah, I just learned from a young age, I've never had alcohol, drugs, or coffee. So, oh, that, that's cool. All that kind of compiles on it makes me feel great, it makes my body feel good, but not doing it. But yeah, it kind of just adds to the difficulties of modern
2: world. So I try I try not to dwell on it, but like I'm not saying that that's just something that's so important to me. I love that. Yeah, it is. And it is, it goes back to this whole (sighs) value of
0: living for yourself first, and then you can find someone to accentuate that. But like I was writing this in my journal the other day, like no one else is going to provide me with ha- I mean, it's such a it's such a typical thing that we hear all the time, like become happy first before you find a partner. But I have to I have to remind myself that often that no one else is going to complete me and my happiness. And I have to make sure I'm feeling good in my lifestyle in order to feel good in my life somebody else isn't going to provide that for me. So I like that you have that value so strongly. So how do you navigate all this? Cause especially being a guy, isn't it hard to have like a crazy sex drive and like what, just when you're single?
1: I guess so. Like I, I'm just at a weird time in my life. Just uh, a lot of my concentration is just kind of going to work. Um, figuring out, yeah, work, where I'm going to live, what am I going to do, uh, obviously, like, relationships, always in the back of my head, um, but right now, my mind's not really on, like, pleasure or anything, it's just about accomplishment, um, and, like, meeting goals and whatnot, like, sure, yeah, I would love to be in, like, a great relationship with someone, um, last year, didn't really go as planned with that, uh, in particular, but, uh, yeah, so, my goal is right now is to be honest with myself and to find "quote unquote" the right the right one uh, for me. Um, yeah, that's the way that I see it right now. Like I, I'm, I'm not
2: after uh, fun, pleasure, anything. Like that.
1: Nothing is wrong with that. Um, and I feel like yeah, my libido is fine, but like my mind is just focused on a lot of other things at the moment. So I just kind of want to work in that.
0: That's what I love about guys and your nature. Like if I can be sexist for a minute, I love that men can just compartmentalize that shit. You guys are like, yeah, I'm like super horny all the time, but I, I really want to focus on this thing that I'm doing right now, or I can focus on my job. And you just seem so clear, (laughs) clear and like oriented to, to what you're doing and your priorities. I, probably because my entire life is, revolves around pleasure, everything that I do, you know, like, I, I want to enjoy my food. I'm like, super feminine, uh, like kind of quiet in a way around the house. I'm not like, go, go, go. My whole career <laughs> is revolves around you can do what you want, you know, and and you are doing what you want, Frank. Um, it's just different for me. So it's interesting. Like, I I can definitely take a note from you or two, because I know like for me and my spiritual brain, I know that God is kind of showing me right now, like you're going to be all about your business and you're going to grow this thing and like kind of pick back up where you left off before farming. And I can feel that, but there's like something in me that like really wants to connect. And it kind of, sometimes it almost feels like it's overriding my work I'm so active in my business but I don't like feeling like that you know so I was curious what your thoughts are and I've heard that from a lot of guys they're like well you just like (laughs) they're like yeah that's how I'm feeling but this is what I'm focusing on and it's very it's very pragmatic and and I I find that to be very level-headed because it's true like you can't the opportunity is going to come when the opportunity comes like you can't will you can take action but I don't believe that I can like like nothing ever good happens from forcing any trying to force something you know and just honoring where you're at in your life you know what I'm saying
1: yeah I've definitely learned yeah I've definitely gone through some lonely spells this year for sure and it kind of oh it really sucks um but I just have to like meditate on it work through it myself and yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna go to like Tinder or anything and just uh appease, you know, my sex drive or anything like that. Like, I'm that's nothing against Tinder, but like that's just what people will say. Like, I um uh, you know oh that sounds bad, but uh
2: yeah.
1: yeah, like I'm just using Tinder as an example. Um, because I mean I feel like doing something like that would require me to leave my values uh it seems like the traditional way to hang out go to bar stay up late or whatever um oh yeah that's just not me so just my my main thing is you know I want to show who I am and just hopefully someone sees and they like what they see or something um and are interested in what I do and like say hey something like that.
0: I'm interested in you. (laughs) This is what we were talking about before. So when we were DMing about this, wait, okay. Before I get into this, what if you did go on a dating app and you saw a woman that's into raw meat in your area? Like what if that person is waiting for you on a dating app?
1: Yeah, cool. I'd reach out. Uh, I just... I find that very hard to believe.
0: Ah, but that's to me, that's like the narrative thing. Like <laughs> if you believe it's not going to happen, like, go ahead. Yeah, I, I get it. You, you look at what? it.
1: What? I'll look through stuff. I mean, I haven't. Um, I never really use dating apps. Uh, I don't particularly want to, but I'm not. opposed. Wow. Um, right.
2: You don't
0: want to be going through a dating app in the first place. So you're like, if I find my person, I'm going to find them in a way that feels good to me.
1: Yeah, I like more authentic out in nature way like environment like not through computers. I don't like computers technology. So but I mean I have relatives that you know they're married to someone that they found online and I'm like happy for them. Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I find inspiration in that. Um but I don't know, I guess secretly using Instagram as a dating app. <laughs> a hopeful dating app like hey this is me this is what I'm into and so yeah
0: yeah so that's what we were talking about in the dms because I was like I don't know how we got on the topic but I was like I think you said that to me I probably asked you the same question like how are you navigating this because I personally I have gone through like phases where I'm like I am not settling for someone who doesn't eat raw meat and I'm kind of back in that, in a way in that spot, because I was doing that for a while. And then I was like, wow, I'm isolating myself from like everybody right now. And that didn't feel good to me. Like you said, Frank, like it can be very isolating and like, yeah, whatever, isolating and lonely. And I'm like, well, I have to relate to society somehow. That's going to feel good to me to relate to society. So I've gone in and out of like phases of I want someone with my exact lifestyle and then phases of like, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as they, maybe if they're not vegan, just because of that, like no dogma, but if they live a little bit of a different lifestyle, that's okay. And then I started to realize, wow, I'm still, even though I I do normal stuff these days, I'm still so different. Like the concepts that I'm looking into, the shit that I'm talking about, it's so different than someone who just has like a regular job. It's just, it's like, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it, I'm realizing kind of what works and what doesn't work as far as me finding someone. So whatever, Frank and I were talking about that in the DM. And I was like, I feel like all the men who are eating raw meat out there are getting like, hounded by dms because there's all these women i mean it's not like a ton of people are in the raw meat world but i feel like the women that are everyone's so turned on because of the the meat they have this huge sexual drive and i just feel like it is a situation where a lot of women are like oh my god that's super hot and it's very masculine right like i would have just imagined that you have a bunch of people in your dms like that's hot I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I haven't checked them
2: (laughs) no
1: like I I really don't know I've I've gained a lot of followers this year I don't know what they're thinking of me um realistically it's I feel like a lot of I get a lot of DMs or comments from guys that are like kind of like raw meat eater bros kind of guys like yeah, that's so sick bro like oh that's nice
0: you know, it
1: was just fun it's just fun but uh, they are. um yeah I don't know like I get DMs from you know women every now and then I don't know what's there on their mind or anything but um uh, yeah it's just like I mean also is like I live in Vermont where does that person live like is it realistic you know I have my work in life here now they might have their own place there. So that's just the reality of it too. Um, You know, of course I feel like I have had some people kind of like hit on me or whatever. And like, sure that feels good for like the first 48 hours but then we go back to reality like, oh, it's Monday, gotta go back to work, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the Instagram thing. But I know some people who have like been on different sides of the country and they just fucking meet up. One of my clients, man. One of my clients met someone online who's like totally on the same vibe as her. It's interestingly enough, it's in my manifestation group coaching course to like manifest the shit that you just create the stuff that you want in your life. And she she fucking met this guy. And they just they they you fly somewhere, you drive somewhere, you meet up, and you just fucking hit it off. You know, it's which is that's to me, that's very inspiring when I see those stories. Um I had to ask you about that. I think that's that's super interesting. And again, like I love talking about this stuff, and I'm also kind of a stereotypical girl. I like talking about love but i think it's just this whole thing in in the the raw meat world where i just i see guys talking about testosterone and how you know sex drive changes but i'm like how does this affect everybody's life can we talk about how people are dealing with this and like the the really good parts of that but also like the questionable parts of that because i just think i think more people need support and community than they'd like to admit you know Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I guess everyone wants to, you know, be, pretend like they're like a lone wolf and that they're all big and bad. They don't need anyone. Like, I've been there. I try to think that, but no man is an island, as they say, and everyone needs community and support, um, connection, especially
2: of some sort. Yeah. And-
0: what do you think about the porn situation in our society?
2: You know, I've learned a lot about it, um, just from people
1: that I follow and how it increases your dopamine to like really weird levels, um, and how it's just totally not real. And it's, it's like, wow, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, I never really thought much of it more than like entertainment or whatever as an entertainment, I guess it's the entertainment industry, still adult entertainment.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and, but now I feel like, especially following COVID which makes sense.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone's at home, like what do you do? Uh, you know, the, the health effects of porn like coming out like this is bad
2: like don't
1: don't watch that and so i'm i'm convinced that's really just really bad um
0: what kind of health effects that you've seen
2: uh superficially high dopamine levels uh without the physical pleasure of like
1: you know touching someone and so it just kind of throws you off if that makes sense like you get the Yeah, you get the illusion that you're you're there or whatever um, for like that, you know, a few minutes and then all of a sudden it's like it's it's done and you're just like, whoa, like it just kind of tricks your body. Um, And then also just how like unreal those situations are. Apparently, that's what people say. Uh, Those certain like, you know, porn
2: scenes, whatever, are just not realistic right Super fantasy like fools people
0: so right. that's
1: all i know i never delved much into it
0: so. yeah yeah i think that's that's just another part of this world the raw meat world where that's something i did learn about like the the effects of porn on mm-hmm. people because people will talk about that from an objective point of view they just won't talk about like how their sex drive is affecting their lives and like people that they know but they will talk about like Yeah. The the negative effects of porn. And I've, I've talked to people, I've talked to men who, yeah, they're, they're like, body doesn't work sexually. And they, they know it's because of porn. Mm -hmm. And I say like, well, you know, it's because of porn and they've looked up the effects of porn, but they still do it. And maybe they just need to get to a point where they like want to stop and maybe they're in their journey. But that shit is terrifying to me (laughs) like that to be so hooked in that you know, it's, it's it's an addiction. You know, it's it's yeah, that's crazy. Um, but that's something I really am proud of this this world for this this sector, the raw meat sector. That a lot of guys and I, I can imagine how hard it is, especially for guys. I used to be really into porn, but that yeah, it just didn't last long because I was able to see like mm, this doesn't this feels dark like this shit feels dark. That was my set signal to stop. Um, Anyway, I'm proud of the raw meat world world for that because I know a lot of guys are like just totally stopping porn and that must be really hard. And yeah, so all that shit's So interesting. You like MMA fighting?
2: Oh, I love it. Yes.
0: Oh my God. I do too. It's the only sport that I would like, well, whatever. I'll watch sports. I'll make like a kick-ass charcuterie board for sports and like enjoy the vibes. But the only sport I actually like watching is MMA. So how long have you been into this?
1: oh that's yeah literally like 2020 so not very long well when i was in high school i would watch clips of it on tv um, literally just like the big heavyweights kind of go at it like i knew some people uh just kind of like a revved up teenager like oh i want to be like them I, i'm not <laughs> i'm not athletic um So I was interested then, and so I knew who the popular people were, but I got really into it, like really learning the stories of the athletes in 2020 up to now. Um, I think because again, following COVID, uh, what what drew me towards UFC was the fact how the UFC just kind of reacted differently than other sports agencies, industries, Mm -hmm. leagues, during covid than the ufc and it's just like this is so interesting and they um kind of just kept fighting uh they sure like no crowds or anything but it was still entertaining and i love getting to know the the individual fighter um as opposed to the team like sure that's great like my whole family is obsessed with you know football mm-hmm. i liked football when i was younger but um they all have like this sportsmanship that they have to like show on stage, where UFC, like they just do whatever they want. And I find them super inspirational. And like some of them just
2: completely inspire me to be better.
0: Yes, 100%. I feel the exact same way. They, and there are some fucking characters out there. Like there are some characters and it, it goes like both ways. So there are these characters and some MMA is like mixed martial arts. For those of you who don't know, I don't even really know what I'm talking about. I just really enjoy it. And I started getting into it because I because I was interested. Well, I don't know if this is what you're talking about necessarily, Frank, because it sounds like you study the fighting more. I think the fighting is like riveting. I'm so interested in it. But I'm also interested in these guys' personal lives. That's just like who I am. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? And they're really characters. But I don't get like, ai am going to show up as a character necessarily because you do get paid based on how many butts you put in the seat versus like how good of a fighter you are. So that could be annoying or or not depending on who you are, but um, you do get paid based upon that. So I'm sure some people like really turn up the show. Like there's a part of me that like, sometimes I can be more quiet or sometimes I can be like really loud and and up. I don't know what you would call it, like turned up to 11. And I'm often turned up to 11 on my podcast, not really because I'm forcing myself, but I'm like fired up. I'm excited. And it also happens to make a good show. And I think that I see that in a lot of these fighters too. Like, but it's also who they authentically are. They just know they put on a good show and they're going to like fully be themselves to put on a good show. And there's some weird motherfuckers out there. They're, they're like super interesting. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I think my, what I like the most is honestly the lead-ups to the fight. That's my favorite part is <laughs> what are they doing for like nine months, even leading up to a fight. And then you could lose like 25 minutes, just could, you know, make or break that nine months of training. And um, it's just you against you against the person kind of thing. So I love it. I think it's just exempt this is a great example of what how life is um mm. mixed martial arts ufc uh-huh. i don't think like any other sport um uh, is as representative of each of our lives in, like the ufc in my opinion
2: that
0: is so. so true and i've never thought about it like that do you think like to me obviously it's very primal do you tap into that vibe and do you think that's part of the reason why you like it
2: yeah um
1: I guess so. like i I do like uh, to watch share the aggression, the excitement of these guys just wailing at each other and like fighting. Um, and I know liver King, like one of his tenants is fight, which is interesting. Like I never really thought of ancestrally we we were fighting each other well I mean like in times of war
2: sure we were um
1: so yeah I don't know I guess it's primal in certain ways um I just like the entertainment and the inspiration they deliver for sure
0: what inspiration do they deliver to you
1: yeah um just their hard work ethic you know it's Mm. they it is really just them there's no team (laughs) well I the back they 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 have training partners and you know a coach and gym and stuff like that um that is their team but at the end of the day it's really just them and I like that is that's so cool I actually remember back at John's Hopkins where I was my first day there when I was admitted to their eating disorder unit um I was so alone I was terrified oh. I was in this room with this other guy and I I, he was clearly delusional I don't know I think he killed someone quite honestly just losing his mind and I was just me got separated from my family didn't even know why I was there didn't know how long I would be there but anyways I um picked up this magazine I, I laid there for like six hours in this place I didn't know where I was at um refusing to eat but anyways I got to pass the time I came across this article of Conor McGregor um and just how he tried uh, everything to be where, this is 2016 when he was really good at his prime. Um, you know, he tried like plumbing or whatever and other jobs and, but to make his MMA career like great, he just worked really hard. Like that's how I knew of Conor McGregor was my first day um, at the anorexia unit. So I like That's
0: him. fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, that's- That that's is a crazy I
0: story. Sorry, did
1: yeah, you say? Yeah, that's how I learned of Conor McGregor was my first uh, Yeah, day at the unit,
2: so.
0: Oh my God, and that's so traumatic too. Wow, to me, that really is symbolic. I just think like yeah. that, you know, there's, there's something really special there. Um, how could you not have a very deep connection to something that you would be seeing in that moment? That's fucking mm-hmm. profound. Okay, I could ask you a lot of other questions, but I want to talk about. I want to go back to what you're eating because you're eating some crazy shit. And when we DM'd, when we um, voice noted about this podcast, Frank's like, I don't eat like the stuff I eat isn't that crazy. Like bile once in a while, but <laughs> nothing that crazy. I'm like, dude, there are people in this audience that have never had raw meat before. It's already crazy, uh, and we love it. So you have a video online of you drinking bile and I love your videos so much. I tell you that all the time, but he's, I think Frank's like one of my favorite raw mute guys because you're so entertaining, but very authentic again. Like that's kind of like the same vibe, like the MMA guys, but uh, it's so, his, his videos are so genuine and you get to see his face while he's trying something new for the first time. Cause he documents that and it's just fascinating to see him experiment and try things out. And, so you yeah so what's your relationship to that to what you eat because I see you out here in the fields just eating some raw shit so like th- does the farm give you the extras and you just kind of try what you want
1: I actually don't eat anything from my farm oh um I that's funny to say that yeah I uh I, I, I'm pretty actually it's, it's funny I'm pretty strict at the same time like I don't eat pork chicken
0: um okay what the fuck is the deal with pork i just somebody just told me on my instagram thank god i just i love you guys so much thank you audience for just educating me they told me that pork is not like pork is just very unnatural to farm is that true like uh how do i want to say this a farmer in my audience a a woman farmer told me that pork is the like. all pork on farms is basically the descendants of domesticated pig, and in the wild they're like really wild out there with horns, and fur or something. And she was like, "It's just very the way that we're keeping them as farm animals is quite unnatural." So, she, so she was saying she she's thinking about not eating it anymore. And I was wondering if that's why you don't eat pork.
1: No, my main reason for avoiding pork and chicken, and egg, eggs for that matter. Um, Well, it it all depends. Like it's literally, uh, they could be on pasture, which is in my opinion, great. Um, I actually haven't heard of that argument before. Like, uh, my biggest reason is that most of the, these monogastric animals. So like one stomach animals, um, like pigs or chickens are, are being fed corn and soy, no matter how well they're raised. If they're being fed corn and soy, they're going to have artificially high, like linoleic acids. And, uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids and that can just contribute to a lot of inflammation and that was my biggest downfall when I first started carnivore it was pri- primarily pork and chicken um, that I was eating and there were good sources there outside but um the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio was way out of whack and I saw some improvements but also just some bad things happening like sleep loss and like, way too much weight gain um, you know I needed some but just too much um, irritability. And so I was just like, once I learned about it, um, I was like, screw it, I don't need it. So I really stuck with ruminants. That's been a huge game changer. Um, so yeah, that's why if I were to find pork, chicken, eggs that were corner soy free fed, sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, I'm not opposed to that. Then um, I prefer red meat like ruminants because they have more fat. Um, But yeah, if I could find pork, and I'm sorry, corn and soy-free pork, I would eat that a lot. Um, Yeah, what is
0: that even like? Like, I wonder what that tastes like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I see people online posting about it, and it looks good. Uh, It looks really good.
0: Oh, so they exist.
1: They do. They're hard to find. And uh, eggs might be the easiest thing to find that are corn and soy-free fed people yeah. are starting to get on board to that um and i noticed the difference like i like eggs uh that are corn and soy free that i think they taste better um
2: healthier and just make you feel better so
0: yeah Yep. Yeah. okay cool good to know good to know yeah i'm rethinking the pork because something isn't feeling i'm very intuitive you know so i can I just feel into what is what I'm experiencing when I'm eating something and it's interesting I've met other people like this too um they start eating raw meat but they're like pretty chill with their diet and they'll they'll eat some cooked meat they stop liking cooked meat like I don't really like cooked meat anymore it's pretty wild
2: yeah it it kind of (laughs) I was about
1: to say it kind of sucks but like I really don't want cooked meat like I just don't want it it And, like, sure, I'll take one for the team if I go down to my family and, like, Mm -hmm. it's there. I mean, I I never do anymore, really, because we're far apart. But, uh, like, I'm not opposed to it. But, like, I just know, man, I really don't want that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, am like. I'm still in the belief system that like cooked meat can still be great for you. And I think that's just my experience with it. It still feels pretty good to me. I mean, my digestion just fucking rules on, on raw meat. It's so amazing. It's not as good if I eat cooked meat, but, um, so I, my point is I genuinely am like, I don't think that cooked meat is going to necessarily hurt me, but I don't like the taste as much anymore. And eating raw meat to me is so spiritual. I just had some raw, uh, bone marrow this morning. I, I was like, hi, I was feeling so good, you know? And, and, uh, anyway, that's inter- That's an interesting phenomenon that happens, but I think it's a big, it speaks to how magical raw meat is, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, again, that's, try- that's me trying not to be like dogmatic about it um because it's just so weird like i do kind of feel like cooking made us human um i think it Mm. it played a role i think it did play a role
0: oh that's that's interesting
1: and so that was my honestly my biggest fear of eating raw meat was not bacteria it was of de-evolving myself
0: (laughs) that is fucking fascinating frank oh my god i've never heard that before
1: yeah so it's like you know we evolved from eating cooked meat like What's gonna to happen to me when I stop cooking? So like, if I get stupid, I'll stop before I get too stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, so what? What's your? Are you still kind of concerned about that?
1: No, I'm not. I feel smarter and better, and yeah. like, <laughs> I just feel I just feel too good eating raw meat to like push myself. Like, yeah, there were a few times this year um, where I'm like, man, I really need to cook steak right now. I'm hungry or whatnot. Um, I'm craving it and sometimes I go for it. and then I would I, actually every time I went for it like it satisfied me for a few minutes but then I was like man it's just sitting in me and I don't like it
0: yeah it doesn't move as easily yeah okay so back to what you were saying when I got distracted about the pork thing oh you were saying that you okay you were saying that you don't eat anything from your farm you, you yeah, only... yeah. yeah okay tell me
1: um it's still from local other local farms like we we do raise beef and it's all grass-fed grass finish it's not a whole lot and whatever beef that we do get um it's usually frozen right away but sometimes I can get like bone marrow suet that uh hasn't been frozen yet I'm not like a free freezing Nazi or anything <laughs> like that or anything um, just that
0: is good not- though what was that it's just not as good.
1: It, it really is. It's like if this is gonna be your life, you want it to taste as good as possible every time. And so it's, I really just don't like it once it's been thawed out. It's really bad. It is bad. <laughs> um, and like suet will get really dry um, after it's been frozen. But like it's, it's fine. Like I know it's not gonna kill me. I still rather eat raw meat that was frozen than like cooked fresh meat, personally. Um so yeah, it's easier for me to find that fresh meat in nearby stores that are selling like local grass fed beef um uh, and fat. So because I have I have a lot of that around, it's good prices. Or I'll just kill my own animal. So
0: okay, so what happens there? <laughs> Let's get into that.
1: <sighs> um uh, what happens with
0: what when you what, kill your own animal?
1: Oh yeah, then then I'll eat it all bro.
0: Well so like you're just you're hunting basically.
1: Oh no no like the slaughter. Um, when I oh so like the the lamb or sheep like I'll go to I'll contact farmers and then you know I'll kill them myself and all that.
2: That's
0: fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I am like loving that right now. I do, I'm fascinated. I want to learn how to hunt and do all that. I think that's really cool. Okay, so farmers will let you come on their farm and kill. How do you convince them to do that?
1: Um, So it's funny, like, I I think I made a post maybe three weeks ago about um, I was the most recent, I slaughtered a ram lamb. It was really good, about 100 pounds. Um, Is that
0: a lamb with horns?
1: (laughs) Yes, it was just starting to grow horns. and I'm I'm hopefully going back next week or soon. Uh Missy says that he has more for me. I what I did was what I think it's helpful for a lot of people to do, and I'll I'll post this you know my story soon, just to give people an idea. But uh if you go on Craigslist, type in who you are, what you're looking for, and as in like what animal you're looking for, and like why you're looking to do it, just be yeah. completely honest. Uh people with Love, love that and um want to support you and so like i wrote this message like hey eating meat is important to me nose to tail support to my health has been great and uh this guy yeah from Bridport, vermont which is not too far from me uh contacted me back he had all grass fed grass spinach lambs it's my favorite meat um so yeah i went there i slaughtered it uh, Saved a lot and ate as much as I could. Um, fed some to the dogs at the farm. (laughs) Um, so it was great. That's that's my biggest passion right now is um, butchering and slaughtering, going straight to the animal. Yeah. Because I don't, yeah, go ahead. I'm not really a big fan of consumerism. Um, I think it's
2: oh boy. Um, I think it's very
1: unimpressive to see a lot of these people online try to make themselves look super cool for eating raw meat that they bought at a store um to be completely honest like
2: particularly guys um why particularly
0: guys
1: they try to act macho i was trying not to say this um because I've, I've been there myself. Like, you know, you eat raw meat from the store. and Because um, it's it's just like this voodoo about it. Like, raw meat will kill you. I don't believe it. I mean, it's not. Um, and the fact of the matter is, you know, that meat, it goes to the USDA inspectors. Like, we have a USDA ins- uh, facility at our farm where we slaughter our birds. There's a USDA inspector there every time, uh, checking every single to make sure that it's fine and that it's super cleaned down and all that and like so raw meat is extremely safe and pretty much most stores because of usda inspection like i'm not really a particular fan of the government but i have to say the usda is prop is probably saving a lot of lives from um helping us eat a lot of you know raw meat uh which is kind of funny to say that but like If you want, like, what I, what I find really interesting are the people that hunt or kill their own animal and eat that raw. And there's no one telling you that's safe. Um, You have to trust your gut and like your, your innate instincts, like, hey, this is okay to eat because I've done some questionable, (laughs) questionable things, eating animals that never really went through the hands of experts. And so I just had to trust my gut. This will not kill me. Um so far it works.
0: So what but what would happen where it would kill you? Because of course we're going on the belief system and the value system that we need bacteria in our bodies. So we don't you as in literally Frank and I don't believe that bacteria is to be worried about Mm -hmm. despite what we get
2: told in the society. So what how would it kill you otherwise? That's a good point, I think, I still think though that certain levels of, certain bacteria's uh, pathogens,
1: I think that some of them can still be harmful. Now, I don't think it's to the extent that we are led to believe, you know, like all salmonella, is bad for you like i've heard some people say like there's salmonella in our bodies you know just i think a lot of it is you know just don't be weak and then you can handle these foods um but i still believe that there are probably certain raw foods out there where pathogens or bacteria can cause harm i still think that Mm -hmm. um i could be wrong uh I'm pleasantly surprised at eating tons of raw animals. How I've gotten sick a few times, but nothing terrible. And yeah, you know, I, I thought I would have been d- dead by now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so
0: when you got sick, what do you think that was? Do you think it was diet? Dial- because to me, I think about I don't even know if this is accurate because I just asked Wes, about I was like Wes I'm thinking about eating raw stuff but I am I, I know we had a whole podcast episode together but I am scared about the bacteria and I don't want to be but I am so like can you help me with that and Wes does like health consultations too mm. if anyone's interested you should do health consultations too do you want to
1: not particularly
0: <laughs> okay fine mm. um but still support Frank on Instagram um uh. But uh I yeah I asked Wes and he was like look we have all these bacteria in our body and they are there to help us and you know so that was that just in that moment kind of became my mindset where am i going with this um oh so now at this point when i feel like when i eat something i feel like if i ever get sick which i haven't gotten sick in a long time actually but like at all from eating at all and from eating raw meat because ever since i started the raw meat diet. I haven't had anything like any kind of a bug or or anything like that with my, um, digestive system. Okay, so if I would ever get sick, I would kind of look at it as that's just really bad die-off because like die-off can be dangerous if it's like really uncontrolled, right? So like if you eat something that is really healing and you you happen to have something growing in your body, you could get really bad die-off that looks like some sort of a food poisoning. So that's like kind of how I'm looking out into my brain. Again, I don't know if this is accurate or inaccurate, but um, my question to you is, what do you think it was when you got sick after eating the stuff you eat?
1: So a lot of people know on Instagram, uh,
2: I've gotten pretty much
1: sick twice um, from raw meat, uh, raw animals. So the first time was two years ago, the first time I slaughtered goats for myself, um, I drank raw goats blood, and then, yeah, it was at midnight, I was throwing up for like five hours. I just woke up throwing up. super weird.. Um, I really don't know what that was about. And then recently, like this past September, two months ago, slaughtered a goat, all was fine. I ate most of it raw already. And then I actually decided to cook the, uh, slow cook the back, just honestly to challenge myself. Like, hey cookers not gonna kill me and get most of the meat off the bones. Like I'll give it a shot. And I, I just, my stomach felt terrible. I never threw up, but I just couldn't move. Mm. <laughs> it was really bad. So my thing is like, I, I'm just avoiding goats.
2: Mm, right.
1: Okay.
2: Um, I, I had no idea what it was. It's just,
1: I, I hear what you're saying about die off. I think uh, raw milk is great at die off reactions. Well, as in like it can elicit it. Cause I think that's really mm-hmm. killing off a lot of bacteria. Um, mm. That's what I've heard at least. And. But yeah, as far as raw meat causing die-off reactions, I haven't noticed that too, too much.
0: Yeah, and I, I haven't, I had all my die-off, that's interesting you say that, I didn't realize that I had all my die-off with the GAPS diet. After that, I didn't really
2: experience that. Okay, so what's the weirdest thing you've eaten before? Wow. Um... I guess I
1: should say several things and I'll <laughs> let other people decide.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: I know when I was at White Oak Pastures, are you familiar with that farm?
0: That sounds familiar, but what? Yeah, where it. is it?
1: That's in Georgia. Oh, uh, wow. So I, I interned there for a few months in 2020. Uh, that's the first place I went when I left home in Maryland to get my health all together. So I, I interned there for like three months or so as a on, as a farm intern. And uh, so yeah, huge farm, thirty-two hundred acres, ten different
2: species of animals. Um, I
1: basically there, I had piglet brains, few of them, uh, because like their the mothers would accidentally roll and crush their. Yep. Baby. That happens, and mm-hmm. so my roommate would give me some piglets. Um,
0: that is weird.
1: I made I made broth from the dead piglets it was wild I can't but to
0: me it's like the best way to respect the fucking animal other than what throwing it in the garbage like
1: well, you get the nutrients
0: pile.
2: yeah they're they giant compost piles still yeah
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> don't you think like like you're getting the nutrients to me it's like you're really, you're utilizing every part of the animal instead of like meh, tossing it, even if it's compost, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, so- I tried it a few times. Piglets don't really taste good, so. <laughs> but no, I, ate, I ate the raw brains of a crushed piglet. Um, I ate a hog placenta. Um, I cooked that, and then I, this year, this was the first, I. when I moved into this new place I'm at now, um, one of my housemates, she offered me menstrual blood and so wow. I drank that
0: and how it was, was that
1: it, it was fine um I was I was nervous at first I'm not gonna lie because I'm like what am I doing <laughs> um and so it's just very irony and thick like an egg
2: white
0: <laughs> yeah yep that sounds about right How is the placenta
1: it was fine i didn't cook it well like correctly i put it in a slow cooker and there's some grit and dirt in it because i the placenta i just picked up off the ground mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the field and they because they're just kind of everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> i give birth and so yeah i mean yeah a lot of like just raw chickens of various sorts a long time ago um so I think those are my main three things, the piglet brains, placentas, the bile was rough, and the menstrual blood, so, and brains of many different animals, quite honestly.
0: I um, do want to try that. I want to try brains. I'm so drawn to the bile. I don't know why. I'm, like, very drawn to the idea of drinking bile.
1: I, it was honestly amazing. Like, the taste was hard. It was really
2: difficult to go down. Um, and
1: I actually <laughs> I may have lied in the video, uh, because on YouTube recently, Wes, west West Row, he did interview Derek Nance. If you're familiar with that man, um mm-hmm. and so you, you can look it up. Um he went to Derek Nance's house oh, yeah. in Kentucky, and Derek Nance who slaughters his you know own sheep or whatever. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: he was talking about the bile. That's actually what got me interested. And Derek Nance was like Hey, just drink a sip at a time, um, every now and then. And um, and like he didn't do the whole thing. And so in the back of my head, I was like, I wonder if I can drink the whole thing. <laughs> and after the first sip, I was like, this is really, really bad. And but I'm gonna <laughs> do it anyways. Just cause I've never seen anyone drink a full bile like gallbladder and so i wanted to be the first um
0: i love you it's just um, i just love this and you can you guys you can see this in the fucking video on frank's is it on youtube too
1: no not on youtube just on instagram
0: on instagram you can see him this is what i'm talking about he tries all these things and you can see he'll film it he'll film it the first time so you can see how he's reacting to it it's fucking gold and i saw i remember you saying in the video I think I'm only supposed to have a little bit of this. And then you had the whole thing anyway.
1: Yeah, it was so wild. Like, I, but afterwards, like after the camera was done, I was thinking, I feel like a kid again. Like, everything feels on point right now. It was just, the bio is just like, it just felt like electricity going through my body. It just broke like I felt good, I feel healthy all the time, of course, but like the way it just interacts with my digestive system and yeah, just was amazing feeling. Um, So I I actually will be drinking more for sure. Um, That is probably the one thing that I will consume that I don't want to consume is bile.
0: I am, I don't know why I'm, is it very bitter?
1: it is it's I say astringent but bitter is probably um also correct
0: for some reason intuitively I know that I mean I could have seen that in your video too but like I can picture it being bitter and I know my body's craving it's very interesting ever since I saw it, I was like I want some of that very and I don't go you guys I don't I, I haven't gotten crazy with this stuff yet like I just basically eat raw meat um and raw eggs you know so never blood or anything. Oh, I can't wait to eat. Would you recommend, like when I get pregnant and have a baby, I definitely want to eat my placenta. I think that's so interesting, you know? Why didn't you have it raw?
1: I don't know, I should have. Um, if I did it again, I probably would do it. I think I, that did come to mind, like should oh. I eat this raw? But um, when I was looking into placenta body, this is called when women eat their own placenta after birth. Like, oh. I was like, what do you do with it? And like, they said they didn't make soup with it. I'm like, okay, I'll put it in a slow cooker. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And yeah, I think it's probably better raw than the way that I did it. Just the texture of it. You can just like kind of slurp it down like noodles. <laughs> oh, um, raw. okay.
0: That, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. To me, it sounds so much less gross raw for whatever reason. yeah yeah wow okay all right so is there anybody is there anything else you want the audience to know about raw meat and like about what you're doing
1: Mm. well i think that we covered most of it i
0: and then some.
1: yeah yeah um I guess, kind of to backtrack on the bacteria part, because uh, I feel like I said two different things in the interview, like one, like I wasn't afraid of bacteria, but I also am. I- I'm 50-50 on it. Like I'm, I'm not afraid at all when it comes through the grocery store. That sounds kind of ironic um, because of the high level of inspection. It just feels like, honestly, when you, you have raw meat from an animal that you kill and you eat within like an hour, after killing it versus raw meat from the store, even if, if it was like high quality raw meat, um, it's two different things. It, it is, like if you eat raw lamb that you killed versus raw lamb at a store, it's a nine day difference, you feel it. Um, there's way more bacteria on the lamb that you killed than all that's been like washed off and packaged in plastic and all that and shit, it's like exposed to artificial light and all this stuff, like it's that's unnatural. It's still good for you, of course. It's still great. Um,
2: But, yeah, I I just feel as though
1: raw meat at a store is different than raw meat that you kill yourself. And, like, health-wise, but also, sure, like, there are some, like, safety cautions. there, There could be sick animals out there. Like, there could be sick animals out there. And you have to, like, rely on your gut. Um that hey, like this is good for me. Like, you know, chronic wasting disease. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No. Um, that's a real deal thing. Like it's it affects the brains of deer. I've I've have had raw deer brains before, and then I later on learned about this and actually scared me. Um due to just modern day society, environmental toxins, I believe, is how it caused um deer uh can have this parasite that doesn't really affect the maybe does affect the deer um to a certain extent but it really affects the eater um if you eat raw deer brains some of it can be contaminated with something called chronic wasting disease i don't know if it's like a parasite pathogen what it is exactly there's nothing you can do to save yourself you your brain will literally melt will literally melt
2: shut
0: the fuck up
1: so like i once I heard that from people that I trusted, and it makes sense modern day world, you know, you have to, you kind of have to be careful uh, with the man-made pollutants out there. Um, sure, you can eat wild animals, raw, um, but I don't think it's a, it's, I, I don't think saying, hey, our ancestors ate raw, wild animals is a good excuse either because they they weren't faced with the environmental toxins that we are today. Um, yeah. So I don't know, like I <laughs> to be completely honest, like if I anybody a raw deer, like I probably wouldn't be the brains, but you know, I'm I feel as though I'll be safe and healthy, but at the same time, like I do have the understanding, like, you know, this this could be bad from that perspective. Like it could be a sick animal. Um, but it's this is just the risk I'm willing to take. So
0: damn. Can you get that disease? Can you get infected with that if you eat venison muscle meat?
1: No, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. Um, and you would
0: eat venison muscle meat raw.
1: Yeah, I have before. Like, this is a post back in late 2020. I made, um, I found a, I saw a deer get hit by a car.
0: Yes. And Frank's like, I'm on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It died right in front of me. So it's was great. Um, That's
0: awesome.
1: I ate a lot of that raw. Oh. Cool.
0: Yeah. I love venison. I've never had it raw, but yep, that's like my dream, you know, to get like a deer hunted for me. And so I can eat it like to me. That's just, that's amazing. And that's, that's primal to me. Like that Mm. just feels so good. Okay. Such an amazing point to make because from a semi outsider in the raw meat community, like I'm looking in on all your guys' profiles and I'm like, they're fucking going for it. And uh, I did not know any of this stuff. I think a lot of people in the raw meat sector kind of, I mean, like to the outsider, I'm sure a lot of you guys are like writing about this and what Frank's saying, but I think a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people are just like, eat, you you gotta eat meat, you gotta eat it raw. And we are the superior species. So eat it all and kill it all. (laughs) And I know like Wes has, uh said a lot like we we have enough food to eat you know like we have a lot of food like and I'm I'm not saying that um (laughs) we shouldn't eat wild meat or anything like that excuse me but like there is a maybe I should say stereotype or there's like a vibe in the raw meat world where it's like kill anything that moves that's less strong than you okay so along with that um, and again, I am looking at this. I'm kind of judging, right? Quote unquote, because I'll just like look at some people's pages. Um, so I'm not saying that this is actually how it is. What I'm getting at is a lot of, it, it, the the vibe that I'm getting from the raw meat world is like, eat it, just eat it. Just eat it raw. And I think it's it's good that you make that note because not that necessarily we should be scared, but it's just good to be thoughtful and not like one hundred percent of the way like always eat it always eat it raw you know because that's that is the vibe that I have gotten I will say
1: yeah and like you know just like people are interested in sourcing their farmed animals like I mean it's going to source your wild animals uh you know I've never eaten raccoon skunk or possum but I mean if they're going through people's garbage I don't particularly want that That's wild animal though. I mean it's a wild animal. Yeah, for real. But maybe if it was like really, really wild, then I would consider it. But it just depends like on what they're how they're living. Yeah. So
0: totally. Okay. So this last question I asked to all of my guests on here. What do you think the root of health is? Like what do you if you could pick one thing, what's the common denominator of health? And by health I mean like well-being
1: what is the common root you said of health
0: yeah like the root of health or like the common denominator like what is the one driver of health like what is the most important thing to health and our well-being
2: oh desire Ooh,
0: I don't think anyone's ever said that before
2: yeah I think that's a huge thing like there's that constant desire and like
1: i just see i see people all the time um talk about like they'll be carnivore but then like you know a month later they're they're not not, or eat healthy in general i should say like they they have huge issues and like they but they don't have the desire to continue it Mm. and for me that was always easy i've been interested in nutrition since i was 11 um i wanted to lose some weight that's how i got into it and so just easy like i that's just the way my brain thinks i get it um who i am and so it was never really like a discipline thing it was just who i am um but i understand like for some people they may have made 30 years of mistakes and like shoot i have to like get my health together like my family depends on me um you just cannot lose desire we live in a society where it just destroys our desires i feel like you know Mm. or it makes it makes it hard to fulfill our desires i feel like because i feel like we all have that desire to be the best that we can be but we are attacked by the media social media um everything these
2: days and you know, you just have to not lose that desire and hold true to it, in my opinion.
0: Mm, such an amazing answer. I would say that society can sometimes remove our desires because I work with people. My practice as a coach is reminding people that their desires are guiding them. So I think about it in the way of like, what you want, like, what do you want? What do you want? I think we we demonize that a lot we think that we shouldn't be living doing what we want like I want to be this is such a stereotypical example but I want to be an artist but I'm told that I should be nine to five in an office so that's what I'm going to do we let other things override our desires all the time so I feel like my place on earth and I and I'm, I'm saying this I think that you guys will connect with this just hear me out. I think that my my place on earth is to remind people that their wants are good, they're, they're good. They're not the devil, They're we're, we, we demonize our wants a lot. And I, I have experimented with my life and saw that when I followed what I wanted, what, what I deeply wanted, as in like what excited me, not like when I wanted to do drugs, but like what deeply felt like good to me, I couldn't lose, I couldn't lose because it, it all, it led me to the right place. And so I would say that it's true what you said, society can remove our desires if we aren't careful. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on
1: that? That does make sense then. Um, I didn't think about that either. Uh, I guess just looking at my own life, like I'm definitely like the black sheep in the family. Um, you know, a lot of like, come from like a government or business kind of family. I didn't follow any of that. I just stuck wow. with like, hey, I got I gotta take care of my health, and like the healthiest career I could think of is farming, outside with animals and dirt. Um, you know, it's not a lot of pay, uh, sometimes not a lot of reward, no benefits, no vacation. It's hard work. Um, and I, that's actually a good point you do bring up. And I, I think about it because in my early twenties, I was forcing myself um or I thought that I had to go to college I was at University of Maryland I never did pass it um so I don't have a degree uh, or anything but uh well I have some certificates but um no degree uh, but yeah you know you're growing up you think you do have to be this certain person within society like you said the nine to five work behind a desk um and I guess my thing would be it's like we do have those desire I don't know if anyone has that desire to be inside maybe people do (laughs)
2: Um,
1: but yeah yeah okay I can I can see that society stealing our desires that that does make sense for sure
0: how do you look at desire like what does desire mean to you in what because it sounds like you're thinking about it in a different context than I
2: am
1: okay Uh, yeah I probably am (laughs) I'm thinking desire of just self-improvement and goals. Quite honestly, um, I feel as though people want to be their best version of themselves while they can, you know, while they're living on this earth. And they sometimes lose track of that or don't know where to go for it, and then they just um, kind of quit and just give in, you know, to what society tells them to do. Uh, so yeah, that's the way I see desire is just being the best that you
2: can and living your best life. Yeah, totally. Uh,
1: for each person,
2: huh?
1: Oh, forever, for however that looks like for each person, that looks different for each. Person, I guess.
0: So yeah, I love that. Yeah, that ties in the whole episode really well. Frank, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It was so much fun. This is a three hour episode. I love it. That's how you know when it's good, though. I mean, my shorter episodes are great too, but I'm just saying I really appreciate a, a long episode and we had so much to talk about. And I really appreciate you coming on. So how can the folks support you here? How can our mm-hmm. listeners support you?
1: Well, I'm on Instagram. Um that's at Insta
0: Frank, right i-n-s-t-a-f-r-a-n-k
1: 95 95 um Insta Frank 95 um but the numbers and that's pretty much it like i'm not on youtube not on facebook um i live in i live in vermont ladies <laughs> and, oh yeah
0: <laughs> sorry um, i'm done
1: <laughs> um yeah if you want to eat raw meat i'm here in vermont and um that's about that.
0: Oh yeah. That's awesome. I love that offer. And yeah, Frank can kind of like guide you casually. That's cool. All right, you guys. So, uh, Frank's Instagram will be in the show notes. You can check him out there, support him, please follow him, support what he's doing. And Frank bones, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you being here with me.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world, and I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want In your life and big changes can happen big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life I've done that in my life it is my goal it is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well so if you can help me do this I would be so grateful please share this episode share my podcast other people about my podcast share it on Instagram I would just so appreciate that subscribe Uh, Whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information, I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future and there's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.